Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. The Phoenix rises from the ashes. It's time to fly. Welcome back to another episode of the Phoenix Splash Podcast. I'm one of your home hosts, Jason Cornelius Bell, JCB, one third of the band from Ringside Podcast. And joining me as usual, his big sexy self, himself, my brother from another mother, Brett Jager, one half of the Brain Buster Boys. Brett. Tell me something good. I know you kind of decompressed it. We just got finished watching Grand Queendom from Stardom. I know we got a point. We got so much to talk about. I mean, just not even from Stardom, but just in general in the last couple weeks. But I know you you, you haven't had that chance to decompress. So we're recording on the fly. So this is going to be raw, like uncut, just just right from the nerve reaction from the two of us so this is going to be very interesting and we haven't even really talked about this but yeah. let's just go with the, just the good stuff how we doing tell me something good yeah so i finished the show yeah about an hour ago still a bit uh mind blown yeah still processing what happened obviously we're going to get right into it but what i will say is we will also be talking about a literal phoenix rising from the ashes <laughs> here momentarily as well which uh say what you will about the main event that was probably the moment of the night right there i mean that we'll get there fuck but yeah oh, i yeah. shed tears i shed tears again i'm gonna say this for the third time this month i think we may have seen the show of the year i'm not gonna say for sure that's why i said i think but it's either All-Star Grand Queendom or New Japan Sakura Genesis with ROH uh, Supercard third. But uh, yeah, unbelievable shit. Unbelievable. Uh, I can't disagree at all. I thought this was one of the better shows. I was obviously looking forward to it. As If you're a loyal listener of uh, PSP, first and foremost, First and foremost, thank you. Secondly, you know my stance on this. I was very much looking forward to this. But I got off work a little late last night and proceeded to get a little too drunk. And I said to self, you know what? Uh-oh. We're not going to go. We're not going to try to do this when drunk. I want to get up, wake up, get a good rest because I'm going to enjoy this because I figured this would be about four, four and a half hours. You know, we want to just make sure we get, you know, plenty of rest. So, you know, get my stuff together. I got my head right. It's about a 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. I plug up the laptop. I'm like, all right, let's do this shit. Six hours. <laughs> yeah, 626. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so much for this day being any kind of productive. Hold that shot. It was like, what, a good 45 minutes into the stream before the show started and then a little break after the pre-show. And then obviously you have the post-match. But I'd say it was a good it's five plus hours. Yeah, it was a, sure. it was easily five plus hours, but it, neither here nor there. Just the, and the, never, never a lull. No, like, let's be honest. Like, not that every match was incredible. Most of them were, but like there was never a dull moment on this show. And let's the probably the worst match 
was an outcome that I was fucking thrilled with. And uh, that's the screaming bitch going down. Yeah. And obviously we're going to get into it. But, uh, yeah, just incredible stuff. No, I agree with that. I was in the knee-jerk reaction when I saw it. It was like, oh, my God, you know, this is kind of intimidating. You know, this you know, this challenges one's uh, attention span, if you will. You know, you might have to get up and just stretch around, you know, get you something to eat in between matches, things like that. So I'm really glad that I made the decision to wait and not watch it last night. Didn't have any spoilers, so that made it even better. So for me personally, I thought I made the right I, decision. Uh, I know I you said, you, okay, and then the, I guess we can talk about it now. Yeah, I saw that Mercedes Monet dropped the belt to Mayu, which wasn't shocking, and we'll get more into it, the potential contract uh, negotiator extension, you right. know. Um, so did catch that one, but then that's, was – That's I, not too bad. No, and honestly, like, if I would have had the main event spoiled, I would have been very upset because, again, shocking, you know. I told you just a bit ago, it's not quite Roman, Cody – or Sonata Okada shocking, but it's pretty damn close. Um, and obviously we're talking about Tam Nakano defeating Julia for the fucking World of Stardom Championship 115 days into her reign that I thought would be a year. Um, fucking tr- the track of the last, the three previous champions all held the belt for, for a year or more. And then even the one like prior. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Nope. Just keep talking. Fuck it. I was good. You, you're setting it up perfectly. You're setting it up perfectly. Go. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Damn. I'll jump on board. I'll say this. She is um, the queen. Obviously, the all-star. Get taken away. Yeah. Obviously, um, what I was thinking about, you know, what music I wanted to play for stardom. And for a while there, I thought I had it picked. And I was going to say, I thought it was going to be Mayu because she was making history. And then this happened. Uh, yep. I can't say I'm mad about it. Um, like I, I was said, actually going to be, I was actually going to, I was going to be pulling for, pulling for Himeka's music again, even though we already used it. But, but I once think, again, uh, this is definitely the yeah, right call. I was going to say, you, you, this is something that when I saw the match, I initially was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, classic Tam, Julia match. Both women obviously hate each other. And I'm not saying this is a shoot hate. I'm sure this is a work hate. But nonetheless, it's it has gotten me invested, obviously. I don't know. Some of those, some of those laps. Some of those slaps would tell you otherwise. <laughs> you say stupid bitch. Um, obviously, <laughs> Tam cut Julia's hair at one point. That was a blow off to one feud. Julia had beaten Tam at the um, the white belt tournament after uh, Hoshika or Hoshiko. I'm sorry, retired. So they had a white belt tournament. Tam beat. Uh, I'm sorry, Julia beat Tam in the white belt tournament. So that kind of started this whole thing up. Plus now you having, you know, my Sakurai being taken away from Cosmic Angels over to DDM. And obviously, uh, Natsupoy moving over from DDM to Cosmic Angels doesn't help the the Julia uh, Tam uh, dynamic. I can't talk. Obviously, you see where I'm going with this. On the way to this match, 
Cham took another chunk out of Julia's hair. So there was a, a piece of Julia's hair missing. And that's when I was like, okay, you know what? This bitch is taking this shit one step too far. <laughs> but I loved it. But I loved it. Yeah. That's what got me finally was like, you know, if the bill was going to be what it was, I knew it was going to be a good match, but I wasn't emotionally invested until right then. At the press conference, yep. Julia re- returns the receipt, head busts the shit yep. out of Tam to see he's busted open. So you have all this history coming into Dude. a 23, 40-minute match from bell to bell. And obviously, we have a new red belt champion, Tam Nakano, defeats Julia. I was I said it off the air. I thought this was – if there was a stone-cold lock of the week, like we call it in uh, – from ringside world this would have been the stone cold lock of the week like you said as the the preview to this the previous champions utami shiri all with if not a year over mayu before that was over a year as well okay i looked i looked it up right before this so yeah so yeah so so you can really throw uh, fucking uh gasoline on the fire uh so obviously you had a precedent of the red belt champion being the champion for an extended period of time. So as we talked about probably off air multiple times and then on air for these first seven episodes, I just assumed Julia, uh, Okada, they were going to run the, the gambit for a hot little bit. You might have a hiccup here or there where you have someone that's coming real close, nipping on their heels. See Will Ospreay. See, I guess in this case, Tam Nakano, but nobody really beating the, that champion until it was that big crowning moment in usual case for stardom is their, their final show of the year. Um, I'll say it first. I was a little stunned when it first happened, but then as I stopped and think about it, I was like, if there was anybody that Julia would have lost to, it should have been Tam. Anybody else I'd have been like, "Eh, I don't know, but they are basically this this early, this early, you know, they are basically mortal enemies at this point. And it's not, it it shouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world. Was it a surprise? Yeah. Did I initially was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I I don't think if, if you follow stardom at in any form or fashion, if you didn't say what the fuck after this, I don't know what to tell you because this was a what the fuck moment. Go ahead. Yeah, well, how'd, you, how'd you think about it? What'd you think about the match? And obviously the post-match uh, talk, celebration, boo-hoos, all that good stuff. Kick it for me from yeah. your perspective. What the fuck was my immediate reaction? It calmed down on it a little bit. And you were starting to say it. You're not mad. I, I What I said to you is I'm very upset as a fan because I love Julia. And in fact, the Julia Tam hair versus hair match from March of 21 Despite Julia losing, that was the match that got me into stardom. Um, so really big with my personal connection here, too. Um, but I, I told you, as a fan, I'm mad, but not really the booking. Because just like you said, like it makes perfect sense yeah. for Tam to be the one to beat her. And they've had this back and forth. Like you said, Julia winning the white belt, Tam being unable to take it off her until she finally does. And the hair of her hair. Julia gets the big win back in the five-star Grand Prix. She beats Shuri for the belt. It all seems hunky-dory. And now Tam's a fucking champ. (laughs) I don't want to use the term shocking because it is not a shock, like you said. But it is a fucking pretty big surprise. Um, Like you said, we both 
more than penciled this in as just another what we thought would be great Julia defense. The match was fucking incredible. Uh, I'm I'm going five stars on it. Uh, I was <laughs> blown. I mean, they were throwing it's classic Julia fast, like the Julia Sherry match, and it's not that good. But they're throwing bombs five minutes in. She's trying to put her through a table three minutes in. Right. The running the the running knees on the ramp. That second one, Tam got her right Ooh, in the yeah. fucking butt. Yeah, that was uh, just like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tam doing uh, Julia's move, uh, the Northern Lights bomb. When she got her up for that violet screwdriver, like she kicked out of the, I can't remember the name of the German suplex she does. With the tiger, um, uh, tiger suplex or whatever. Yeah, it has a name, Destiny something, but she kicked out of it twice. Right. Like Chris, Chris Charlton, which let's give that man credit. Yeah, he the, was the, fucking uh, the other guy too. I can't think of uh, that. Jesus. Sunny something yeah. Gut- yeah. Gutierrez, I think sounds right. Yeah, and then also our girl mm. Mariah May, mm. all mm. all mm. wonderful. But I do want to say what a pleasure having Chris Charlton on this show, and it felt like he'd been calling stardom for years. Like he was very knowledgeable, uh, but he just brought that emotion out, and yeah. you know it was a big deal when she kicked out of it the first time. She kicks out of it again, and then I'm like, all right, okay, Julia's going to win. And yep. then she gets her back up for that fucking violet screwdriver, and I still didn't even want to believe it when the ref hit three. Yeah, it was just <sighs> like, it literally, like, I paused for, like, a second. I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, I mean, literally for, like, five seconds, I didn't say a word, and I'm like, it sunk in. I was like, damn, she just won this shit. And immediately yeah. zoomed in to Tam, and I was just like, holy fucking shit. And, and Julia's reaction too, like she just kind of had her head on the ropes with just a fucking blank. Like she was bewildered, yeah. shocked, like couldn't believe it. Just like all of us. Yeah, I mean, to the point where I was, I was looking for some sort of emotion from Julia, and like you said, that was a gr- just a total blank look from her was the perfect moment just a perfect emotion i guess that's the word i'm looking for for that yeah. perfect moment where i was i mean i was like her i was still even five minutes afterwards where you know you got rossi in the ring and you know yeah. he's handed over the belt i'm just like what the fuck just happened this is the crazy I'm shit I'm, I'm still there <laughs> i'm still i'm still i'm kind of there but i'm just, i'm honestly it's it's settling in that this is this is what it is and it kind of leads into the second double main event where obviously there was rumors going around that Mercedes Monet might be leaving. She might be staying, making an extension with New Japan Wrestling and then opening up a possible match with Julia. At the time, they were both champions. Now... They're both not. So let's talk about the second double main event. Mercedes Monet obviously coming in as the IWGP Women's Champion versus Mayu Iwatani. Now, obviously, Mayu uh, lost the title. I shouldn't say lost the title. Lost the tournament final to Kyrie. Kyrie being yeah. the first champion. Obviously, Mercedes Monet beat Kyrie in, um, what was that? Was that California? Yeah, that was California. And then she came yeah. back to Japan. And, the the Valley. and then obviously de- defended the title in Japan a couple of times. So you had a little something going on here. Not the biggest bill, but I didn't think you really needed it. If, you, if you're if you a fan of WWE, and most people are, you know who uh, Sasha Banks is. If you're a fan of stardom, like 
Brett and I, most people that are listening are, you know who Mayu Iitani is. So it's not like you need much of a bill, but I thought they did just enough to where you got yourself an interesting match. I gave this four stars. Obviously, Mayu Iitani won the match, but I said it last week, or not last week, I'm thinking this is banned from ringside, the last episode, that I thought this would be a better physical matchup for Sasha slash Mercedes, and I thought that was the case. It wasn't so fast speed that she couldn't keep up this is somebody that basically has her kind of same move sets moves as fast as she did and i thought mayu did a great job look making uh mercedes look good ending was perfect i had no problem with this could have been longer my only problem with that yeah 1256 yeah. bell to bell is my only real problem with this they left some meat on the bone hopefully there's a rematch where they can get the rest of this meat off the bone that's why i only gave it four stars but for 13 minutes i thought they did a pretty good job yeah, couldn't agree more. I went four and a quarter. Couldn't agree more. Needed a little, not needed a little more time. I would have wanted a little more time, but shit, for the time given, I thought they crushed it. Um, Mercedes being the bitch heel that she was, talking shit the whole way. And then I loved that it was the moment when she like yelled out, I'm the icon now. And that's what really woke up yeah. Mayu. And then that flipped that switch. I think she hammered her with a German right then and there. And we were off and running. Yeah, I was surprised that. It was this short, but damn, damn, it was great. It was great work. Um, For me, it just, it kind of reinforces both greatness of both women. I think it just forced two women never to have touched. I thought for this 13 minutes, I thought they did a really good job of telling us a pretty good story. Like I said, could have been better. Yeah. It's just because it wasn't long enough. It it had nothing to do with the match quality. I thought the match was going really well up until the end. And I was just kind of like, ah, God damn it, you guys. Come on, 15 at least. Couldn't. Yeah, I agree. Um, What'd you give the main event, by the way? Oh, I gave five stars. That's why I laughed. Oh, did okay. It's it's really no way you really couldn't. I mean the fuck out of each other. Again, like when they Julia with the multiple closed fists and she kept pointing to the back of her hand. I don't know what you're talking about, boss. (laughs) Cam when Cam really fucking laid that slap in there. I thought she might have knocked her out. Yeah, they were Zima style. They were laying um, the blows on each other. Uh, in and out blows, of the ring is so usual. many, so many dumps on the head. And reminded me of watching the fucking four pillars go at it. Like it was, and it just kept building and building and building and building. And probably would have been. I mean, even if Julia won, I might not have given it the five. Even though I love her, again, the, if you can surprise me and catch me off guard, I'm gonna give you that bump. Like yeah, for it, sure. It, it's still shock again. I, I'm not using the word shocking. It's still very surprising. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm, it's, I'm still it's, coming it's, to grips with it all. It's, to, it's a total surprise. I would be and lying if I all, said otherwise. And no disrespect to Tam at all. She's no. incredible. Julia's just my favorite. She's who brought me to the dance. I didn't want to see this end this soon, but I am okay with it. I think it makes her story so much more interesting and. Um, fuck, but yeah, I just, like we said, I thought we were set up for a year of Julia, you know, maybe we would have gotten Julia and Mercedes with both the belts or maybe, you know, just for the red belt or just for the IWGP, who knows, but I know we're probably headed to talking about that potential matchup, but I do want to ask, 
<clears throat> since we have no indication right now, who mm-hmm. do you think might be Tam's first challenger? Um, I know who I don't want it to be, but if you want to play the who's hot right now game, Micah, I don't think, has lost a match at all this year. Maybe one. Okay. If okay. I wanted to look back and see if they met in the five-star, and if so, who won that match, I'm pretty sure that they did, but I'm not 100% sure. Neither here yeah, nor there. I can't remember. Um, I mean, the first name that popped into my head, but I don't think it makes any sense anymore, is Kyrie, since Kyrie beat her at the Tokyo Dome, but now they're like, a, she's essentially part of Cosmic Angels, it appears. So Restart, whatever you want to call them now. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thought I had to... <laughs> as I was kind of upset about Julia losing is uh, obviously there were going to be a lot more new Japan eyeballs on this. I feel like just because of the IWGP belt, Mercedes, just the growing popularity of stardom, Chris Charlton on the call. I think that was the main reason that uh, they had English commentaries just in case for those who didn't or didn't watch stardom more specifically or just, you know, I'm a new Japan guy, but I have interest in this, and you just don't know what's going on. It's for the, the beginners, which is great because for me, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, there was still like you know there was a lot of stuff I knew, but like for Shiri and Chichiro Hashimoto, they they were throwing in nuggets. I was like, oh, didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's what as the match was going, they were throwing in these nuggets. I was like, man, shit. Okay, now I yeah. really get this shit, and it made. I heard all the, the other day the that. If they had wrestled previously. Right. But so point I was going to make is all these new Japan fan eyeballs on this, maybe remembering seeing Tam Nakano get, let's just say kind of squashed at the dome. Mm. Is this a bit of retribution and like kind of proven, okay, this bitch is for real. Look, she just won our big title. Uh, again, there's probably nothing to this, but like in my mind, I'm like, Tam got kind of dumped on, on the New Japan show at right. the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle right. Kingdom. Okay, so here's uh, your little uh, gift back. Just, it has nothing to do with anything, but it was just a thought that cropped into my head. I don't look. I don't necessarily disagree with that thought. I, I just, like I said, for me, I just take it as it's a Zumi Starlight Kid. It's Utami Shiri. It's Tam Julia. You can roll. Yeah. You can build the the, the ring eternal up. rival. Yeah, and and any given point, either or can win. So at that point, you know, I just I just didn't see it coming. That's that's basically no, how I can wrap not, that. Not one bit that wrap around the head. Um, let's just talk about uh, the possible matchup now. Obviously, since both women no longer have the title, either title, the red belt or the IWGP Championship. Obviously, the rumors are out there still trying to find out whether or not Mercedes is going to sign for, you know, whether it's three matches, five matches, you know, six months, whatever the case may be. It feels like Julia Mercedes is next on deck for both. You think we're going to get that? If so, where do we get it? So I saw a little nugget. Yes, I do think we'll get it at some point. Maybe not right away. Maybe, but. Um, I saw somewhere, and I didn't watch any backstage comments or anything, but that 
Mercedes said her next match would be at the New Japan show in America in right. May. I can't remember the name. Resurgence. There you go. You trot Julia over for – I mean, Ugh. I don't see why not. Like, get Ugh. the American eyeballs. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – once I saw that that's where Mercedes' next match is going to be, I'm immediately Ooh. like, who, who else? You know, unless it's someone from AEW or Impact. You know, I, if you want to make a fucking splash, mm. do it in the States. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to see it like the Japanese crowd as well. But oh, yeah. yeah but it, if you want to start getting Julia more popular over here because she is a fucking star as it is, mm. then... Man, I just think that's a home run match right there. You have maybe you even, I mean, I doubt you have it main event, but because it's not going to be for the IWGP title. Right. Um, not going to be for the world, so, world of starter yeah. title. So, I mean. So, yeah, you probably can't main event with it, but that is a main event fucking match anywhere in the world right now. I agree. And it, so, again, I don't know if they do that, but that was like when I saw, oh, she's going to be in America <sighs> next show. Shit. Who else? You know, I mean, we just said it off air. Negro, you said the wolf is coming. <laughs> That's all you had to say, man. That's a great call. That is a great call. I would go, now you got me all hoped up for it. So if it's not Julia, if it's like, you know, I don't know. Let's just say it's Jamie Hayter. I'm just throwing a name out there just because when you said AEW, and I'm thinking, okay, who's the, one of my favorites in AEW? But Jamie Hayter, she has stardom ties. So yeah, it kind of makes sense. If it's Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet, I'm going to be like, Eh, all right, I guess it's okay. <laughs> I mean, that would get me moving it's for shit. sure. But there's no, totally there's no way, no way. While she's AEW Women's Champ, they do that match. I but, know, I know. It just like I said, you were, you've got my hopes up to where now, yeah. I'm like, man, look, y'all better make this shit happen. I got five on her plane ticket. Make it happen, Rossi. Shit. Um, <laughs> let's go backwards as you well, not as usual, but in this case, we're going backwards. Uh, Shuri versus the aforementioned Chichiro Hashimoto, sixteen oh seven, bell to bell. This God was uh, a match where there was no, there could be no pinfalls. You could win by uh, tap out, um, not making the bell, knockout. Um, which I love, and I don't think we had that info when we recorded last time to preview it. Um, I'd heard about it like within the week, but I don't think we'd known that at that point. I didn't but, know uh, that either until I think they said it at some point yeah. during the match, I think right before it started. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is getting ready to get real ugly. Yeah, <laughs> I heard about it earlier in the week, I think, but I think that was a perfect stipulation and uh Holy shit, did this match live up to the hype? Yeah, um, obviously we had been talking about uh, Hachimoto coming into this. We had seen her kind of dominate uh, two of stardom's, I would say, upper mid-card in uh, Mirai and Hikama. And then we, we would figure it, well, I didn't figure out, but found out that they had two matches, they being... Chichicho uh, and Shuri had two matches beforehand, so this was essentially the tiebreaker coming into this, both having a win coming into this. So it just, like I said, commentary, yeah, got to give them all the credit. Hats off oh, to yeah. both guys because the, these were the nuggets I was talking about that I didn't know 
until they were starting to throw this shit out. You know, Hachimoto's a five-time Sendai's Girls champion. I'm like, oh, okay, so now mm-hmm. we, yo, okay, you we're really bringing a badass bitch over here. So it just added to more and more, it gave it another layer to what was already, I thought, a pretty good feud going into it, even though I've only seen Hachimoto twice. I gave this four and a half stars. Shuri comes up the winner as Hachimoto can't answer the 10 count. She gets up, but then falls back down, kind of protecting her a little bit, I thought, because in, in a scenario like this, with a step like this, there's not too much protection. <laughs> I mean, you're either tapping no. out or you're not making the call for the no. 10 count. There's very little gray area at this point, but I thought they did a really good job in this scenario of at least protecting the loser, in this case, uh, Hachimoto, in the sense of, oh, she's getting back up. And I'm like, oh, she's getting back up again? Sweet. And then she fell down. I was like, oh, no. But it, I, yeah, thought was, I thought she had it. I thought it was, it got me in. It was everything I thought it would be. And then some, like I said, I gave it four and a half stars. Yeah, I guess I'm generous. I went four, seven, five. I just thought this was incredible. I, I mean, only 16, yeah, only 16 and change. But wow. I mean, from the get, it felt like a big fight. I thought you saw the best from both women. Yeah, we've only seen Hashimoto twice. Um, but, man, she is just unbelievable. Man yeah. or women, just one of the best wrestlers out there right now. I, would, um, I, I want to find out, you know, where can I – how can I find the Sentai girls? Because I just want to see her. You know what I'm saying? Nobody is, else but her right now. She is a force. She is incredible. She is incredible power. She's incredible with submissions and on the ground and – I think Chris even said it. He's like, if this gets to the ground, Hashimoto is going to fucking dominate. And it never really, you know, a little bit, but it never really was on the ground for an extended period of time. And it felt lot more like a fight, more right. like an MMA style fight. I agree. Given totally. the stipulations. Love that she fucking did a torture rack um, <laughs> on the outside. That was an incredible exchange. One, like, Shuri went for the kick and just how quickly she grabbed her ankle and put her in the yeah, ankle lock. Perfect. Um, the, what was, there's another one. Oh, the spear yeah, on the outside the, too. The, yeah. Spear. I think she germined her on the outside as well, Yep. man. And just Shuri as well. Holy shit. Hitting big knees, big kicks. Oh, what about <laughs> like a third of the way in when they were just exchanging forearms and Hashimoto sounded like, Boulders, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, oh god, damn, dude, stop! I'm, you know, I'm already like, you know, enough's enough. We we just need to stop this. Shuri's just getting ready was, to get hurt. It was the women's version of big meaty men slapping meat. Even though more. Shuri's not really that big, but she's so just fucking fearsome, both striking and submissions, and she's the baddest bitch on the block here, and still is, I guess. Um, you know, I know we've kind of had some debate on who who would win and I don't even remember who I picked but I think we kind of said like depends how long Hashimoto is going to be sticking around certainly seemed like they left it open for another match uh, oh, afterwards yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, say, I, shit. I know you got one more match and you didn't start him I'm no. like please God just I, run this shit back it was just such a perfect matchup. It just both of them are both so good at submission, so good at striking, and you just toss in the sheer fucking power and dominance of Hashimoto, and then Shuri just fucking Shuri. She's right. one of the best, um, and obviously she was the better woman on this day. But 
man, it really could have gone either way. And God damn it, I can't wait to see it again. Uh, I think we could put uh, Shuri on the list of potential candidates for Tam uh, first opponent. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't know if she would be first. I mean, I, I feel you coming off a big win like this, but that just seems like almost too big of a match to do for Tam's first. Not that I would be opposed, but. No, um, no. The only reason I'm saying it is because they obviously have past history uh, with Tam going after the red belt. I think she went after it twice in Shuri's reign and lost, obviously, both times. Um, they just got, you know, I think that would be something oh, that you can how about this? dip your toe in. How about, how about and we, we're going to touch on it, but how about the Cinderella tournament winner, Mirai? Doesn't she have her pick? She had her. She has her pick. She had obviously did not make her pick. Probably couldn't have done it here because I mean, there's just so much shit going on. So I mean, probably not the right place, right time. But now that this <laughs> shakeup has happened, and obviously we're going to talk about more shakeups. Um, funny. I'll, I'll save that funny uh, fact for a later point after we go through the next couple matches. Um, a lot of things happened in this, and I'll just leave it at that for the moment. Next up, we were going to the white belt title match. Um, we talked about Woo! this at nauseum <laughs> on multiple occasions. The first go around was at least in my list of match of the year. Obviously, that would end up going to <coughs> Julia and Shuri at uh, the final match of 2022. And... I wasn't wasn't sure what where we were going with this. I was pretty sure that Mina was going to win it, but I just was I wanted to see how they were going to build this up. I thought this was a pretty good build. The black muck coming out of the mouth of Shirakawa at the <laughs> press conference was a little weird, but she tends to do these weird dark things in big match moments. So you know, I just it is what it is. I let it go. Um, I thought you said it perfectly. She had it coming to the ring she looked like a fucking star and right kind of then yeah. i was like i think my baby's getting ready to go down and fortunately for side commentary fans around the world she did go down and make sure i'm saying this right to 1756 bell to bell we have a new white belt champion in mina shirakawa Obviously, if you saw this, or if you hopefully if you haven't saw this, this is all spoiler words. So <laughs> you probably shouldn't be listening to this. Number one, but number two, the intrigue of the match yeah. going into it, and as the match developed, was could I'm sorry, could um, Saya perform the unforgiving and dangerous Phoenix splash move from the top rope? Um, when she got up there the He's first had time, the She's had the yes. <laughs> she has had the yes. And it all goes back to where she shattered um, Mina's jaw. I guess that was, was, was that the, the December match? I think it was like September-ish. Yeah, I yeah, can't remember yeah, exactly. She's had, uh, she's had multiple, she had title defenses after that. Cause Chris, I remember Chris Charlton yeah. saying it was, let's just say it was September. Mina got hurt. Then Sia had two or three title defenses to finish the year, and now we're here. That, that weren't, you know, we talked about it. Like, she, her confidence was shook after that. There is no doubt about it. She, she went didn't to the attempt. 450 instead of yeah. the Phoenix Splash off the yeah. top. So that, that's something and, that you pointed out, and I, was just, I, I had to agree with that. So right then you can see 
it was in her head. Mina planted and, more shit into it. it. Was like, yeah, I dare you to go up there and try this shit. So yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, and I think her performances. You know, not like she was having bad matches, but God, she seemed like every time out in the first half of her reign was just banger after banger after banger. Mm. Sorry to use that a common trope, but and then just kind of started. They kind of started to slip a little, you know, from having like four and a quarter, four and a half star matches almost every time out to like three and a half, three seven five fours, like. I think it really shook her. And then, God damn, the Hazuki match earlier this year that we talked about, which was my favorite match, favorite women's match of the year, probably until this yeah, and the main event. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what she got it back. And she had it this whole match. And obviously, like you said, the story was, could she hit it? Would she be willing to hit it? Right. And she got up. I mean, it was pretty early, like, 10 minutes into the match, if not sooner, when she got up the first time and almost looked like she was going to start crying and just couldn't do it and mm. couldn't, thought maybe she's going to do it and she couldn't do it. And then Mina fucking, like, like, Mina fucking, fucking Mudo and do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That was the first thing uh, I thought when she got yeah. up there and they zoomed in on her and you can see her yeah. like, you know, hesitating, yeah. you know, she's like trying Perfect. to talk herself into it. I'm like, if you yep. don't do this, you KG Mudo motherfucker. Just <laughs> but Mina was able to stop her. I think she like kicked her in the ass or something. Obviously she, it happens again, like eight, six minutes later. She does hit it. It wasn't the cleanest. She kind of landed yeah. on the leg. Yeah. But I would, I've got to think that was probably intentional. Like, air to the side of the lower body than the face so right. you don't break it again. <laughs> but <laughs> it landed. It worked. It was fucking emotional. Right. And God damn it, if I didn't cry after this match. <laughs> I mean. Both, I said it into your wish. You hit, hit the Phoenix Splash. I was like, thank God. Damn. That's like what got it going. And then obviously Mina getting the win. And they were both bawling after the match. Mariah May was going nuts, which I love to see. And I love she said it on commentary, echoing kind of what I said is like, look at her tonight. She looks like a champion. She looks mm. like a star. That entrance, like I said, she had the look, which is, you know, Azar and I kind of, like, sometimes you can just tell. Someone's got that confidence, that look. There's no fucking way they're losing. She had it. New yeah. haircut, pink hair, loved the fucking gear, that pink and green. Oh, man, she just looked like a million bucks the whole way through. And credit to Saya Kamatani. Holy fuck. What a, again, despite like kind of the yips and missteps, like what an incredible, incredible title reign that yeah. was. Um, what, 450 something days? I think 14 title defenses. I know they said 15, but I think this was the 15th, 15th if, if I'm not, not mistaken. mistaken. Yeah. The 14 successful, obviously new record. Um, man, and these last two. I think are the best two of the bunch. The Hazuki match and this match are probably the best two after she kind of had some skids, but man, from someone who I barely even knew before mm. she won that white belt. Cause you know, it was what end of 21. I was kind of into stardom like earlier that year and had only seen a handful of her matches and she's unbelievable. All credit to her. And, you know, look for obviously you got to think she's going to be challenging for that red belt at some point. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't think right out of the gate, but 
shit. She's, yeah, you she definitely earned gotta, it. Yeah, you definitely got to put her on the list. And um, I was thinking about, you know, when you were saying uh, she had some down matches, though, to me, like the low point of the, the, the whole reign. And we had talked about it is when uh, she had defeated uh, Momo. Momo. And, uh, yep. We were really looking forward to this. Yeah, for the record, we were looking forward to this match. I thought, you know, it had all the potential in the world to get Momo back on track to, you know, if they wanted to have Saya win, and obviously they did, you know, to have this, you know, a momentous kind of match to, you know, really have her her being Saya Kamatini's star rise even more, and it just fell so flat. It was just like, you know, what the fuck is going on? And, and it just it felt like... <laughs> This wasn't the person that I, I watched rise, like you said. Uh, I remember her, you know, getting her ass beat by Julia, you know, pretty fucking tough when she first yeah. walked in the door. And I was like, man, you know, no way. You know, if you'd have told me right then that she'd have been this person two years, three years later, I'd have looked at you like you were crazy. So, it's, like you I said, know. it's all credit to, to Saya. It's credit to Mina. I mean, when she came and me, in, I was going to say, talk about improved, yeah. like, before the five star last year, I felt like she was just kind of your lower mid carder. She's beautiful. She's you know fun, but man, I thought a switch flipped in that tournament, and I, we talked about it a lot. It's like, man, Mina is on fire, mm-hmm. and God bless just to see her get to this point and again perform at such a high level. Like this was an awesome match. I went four seven five again on this one. Um, Probably could have gone five if it went a little longer, but, but just the emotion. I was so wrapped up, and it, I started crying at the end. Like, <laughs> not not a small amount either. Like, yeah. again, they're both crying. The emotion from Mariah on comments, like it was real. Yeah. It, it was just real fucking emotion, and it's just as good as it gets when wrestling can have the match and the story hit those emotional barriers at the same time. It's incredible. And yeah, Mina having her face broken, all the story points we just talked about, the yips, the fucking, uh, the black sludge. It's just incredible. (laughs) There was three women that I thought had like a redemption, like story arc in some form or fashion, some longer than others. Um, Obviously, Mina being one we're talking about right now, Tam being another, just kind of, you know, getting the Julia monkey off her back a little bit. And then obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, to me, in my opinion, Mayu Iwatani winning the uh, IWGP women's title after losing it in the tournament, all three redemption arc storylines. But this is the one that really got to the heart of of the the whole wrestling of of my soul, you know, touched my emotions and shit. So they gave a great story. And then within the story, there was the story of, you know, could she, could Saya pull this off? Can Mina withstand all this? And I thought they did it really well. It was my match of the night up to obviously the very end. Four yeah. and a half for me. I could have gave it four and seven. I have no problem with four seven five. Not a problem with that. I probably should have given it four seven five. I watch it again. I probably would. But at the I wrote the knee jerk reaction. I just wanted to write the number right away and not think about it. I gave it four and a half. Yeah. I probably I probably can jump it up to four seven five watching it again. But neither here nor there. Um. Just quick. Let's all, let's real real quick. Let's talk about that figure four too because I thought it could the second one. I thought it could have ended on that. At as well, I thought uh, she was a going very to emotional. Saya, 
dragon to the I did too. I was yelling it. I thought she was going to tell I was like, God damn. Because yeah. she, she got the bridge and, up on it. I was like, uh oh. And Nina was wrenching that bad boy too. Uh, yeah, just again, such great execution and storytelling and emotion in this match. Yeah. From great, start great to finish. Show. I mean, even from, from both women. I mean, this is great storytelling at its best. It built up both women. The sky's the limit now for both. For either way, Mina can win the red belt title. It wouldn't even surprise me a year from now at this point. She's her star is risen. Yeah. Saya's star is risen. You got two future red belt champions. In my humble opinion, we'll see what happens. Uh, fingers crossed. Let's jump over to the artist of stardom uh, title match. So another ripper. Um, <laughs> what just, a show this was. Just some a quick backstory. So obviously at the Cinderella final. Club Venus finally breaks away from uh, Cosmic Angels. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Mina finally declares that Cosmic Angels, she's no longer with them. So she's going to jump ship. And they basically put poor Waka in the middle of. By the way, how, how great did she look? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Club Venus brings up those. I mean, Christ. <laughs> They all look incredible. Okay, so, so it's like it's me this me this hot. Let's just throw it out. Let's just get it off. Let's just get it off the table so that way we I feel better. Me this hot, yeah. Mariah May's hot, yeah. Uh Jesse's hot, yeah. Uh Zena's hot in like that big, you know, China way, oh. yeah. And then here comes you know, Walker, and I'm like, okay, so obviously Waka, spoiler alert, she chooses Club <laughs> Venus over uh Cosmic Angels, which leaves Tam broken and busted up. But you know what? You had it coming, you little stanky bitch. You was getting ready to give her the boots and then you helped her get the dub. So it was like I watched that shit. I was like, fuck it. Hey, she's like, you know, I love you, Tam, but I'm out. I was like, yes! I'm gonna go wear leather skirts with the Club Venus frogs, baby. <laughs> I was like, fuck God, you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you and I'm out. Go, Waka, go. So obviously Waka and uh, Mina break off, go to join uh, Club Venus. So <laughs> obviously, you know, Tam's destroyed. Um, the woman that we haven't talked about in a while and then yeah. came up in Noah uh, at their 16th Soriano. show, Soriano comes out and yeah. basically joins Cosmic Angels. So Cosmic Angels. And goddamn was the impressive in this match. Yeah, Holy shit. Didn't know she was in stardom for, you know, six years ago. Once again, tipped it yeah, up to commentary. Um, nope. Soriano, Knott's Boy, Kyrie, Join together. They're going to go after the, the artist six man titles. They're going after prominence. Obviously, we've talked about prominence multiple times since the podcast has started. So I think honestly, they're probably my favorite trio of women right they're now. So tight. Yeah, um, I was definitely bummed about this result, but <laughs> great match. Great match. Uh, I gave it four and a quarter. The challengers Same. win the, the, the artist titles uh Kyrie Natsboy and Soriano defeat prominence uh what's the running time 1655 bell to bell like I said I gave it four and a quarter you gave it four and a quarter I thought this was really good it still made prominence look strong Suzu taking the pin doesn't even bother me at all it, it, it was just kind of like you know whoa she what the fuck just happened <laughs> she was pissed I was like I was I, 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 I was watching her be pissed and still like wow that just happened i was like that's where i was like surprised very much so because it felt like it was out of nowhere and then all of a sudden i went back and i was like wait a minute 
So the, at this uh, Cinderella final, the exchange between Tam and Mina, Tam was saying to Mina right when you know she was saying, I'm leaving Cosmic Angels, the plan was to have in Cosmic Angels the red belt, the white belt, and the artist belts. Mina was like, you know, hey, we could still do that. I'm just going to do it over here. So ultimately, I guess they my point em. is they end up doing it just in the way that Mina wanted to do it. Big shakeup across the board. All the champions lose. That was my next point. Fun fact, if you yeah. will. Didn't expect that. I maybe thought one no. or two, but <laughs> had all of them lose and basically reshuffle the deck is an interesting move. I'm not too mad about that. It's going to prove to have some fresh matchups. We're always, you know, excited about that. But yeah, go ahead and talk about the uh, Arsa Stein title match. Yeah, pretty similar to their last defense against the Queen's Quest team. Just a similar type matchup, kind of saving Suzu a little bit. Like, just like that with the Suzu Yutami exchanges that really kind of carried the end of the match with mm-hmm. Suzu getting the pin. It was Soriano um, getting the pin over Suzu this week after what seemed like five minutes of those two just going at it. No selling, one counts, no selling Germans, just bludgeoning each other. Um, yeah, I I came out a little bummed that they lost because yeah we're big prominence guys here. Heck sure. of a run they heck of a run they've had. Karami looks like a beast again. Um, Risa Sarah is always tight, but um, yeah, I mean I was impressed with uh, the restart. The shit out that bitch with that candlestick. <laughs> no remorse. Like, yeah, Whack. with the stick. Yeah, say, get the off my girl. Came in and whacked her. Yeah, <laughs> and then Chris is like, "Oh yeah, the ref's gonna call for the bell." <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sitting there like, man, that's a blatant Otay shit. They just was like, "Eh, I don't see anything happening there. Move along, ladies. Continue to wrestle." Yeah, but Nats boy was great as always. Kyrie, too. I feel like she wasn't as involved as the other two. I, I, I totally agree but, with that, but that's okay. I, but the real story here was kind of crowning Soriano and, you know, potentially. Now Suzu's got two potential big singles matches. Mm-hmm. Sori and then also Utami. Um, and God damn it, every time you watch Suzu, do you just come away thinking she's one of the best in the world? It's crazy that she's only 20. <laughs> That that's that's what I think all the time because she's she shouldn't be this good at twenty. You know that's and that's like prodigy let's be type honest, shit. Might as well, we got to throw a Zumi in here as well because also twenty and you know they're different wrestlers, but they're both two of the best in the world at twenty. And I can't imagine where they're going to be at twenty five. You know, holy shit! If they if they're still in stardom, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But yeah, Suzu, every time, and even in these trios matches too, it's like she is just such a force. She and stands out. So, she's so good. Yeah. I'm curious to see, because we've talked a little, she's like a big, well, all the prominence, big like deathmatch people. Right. I know she's, she had like some like eight or ten match deathmatch series last year. Again, I'm not a big deathmatch guy, but I watch it from time to time, and I'd be curious to see her in that environment as well. Shit, I'd be curious to see all of it. That it's it's just it's not my cup of tea, but I like prominence so much. I'm willing to at least dip my toe in it and watch them do it. If that yeah. makes sense. All right, that's how I. Yeah, that's kind of how I am with death matches. Like El Desperado had that incredible one last year against June Katai. It's like I love El Desperado. Oh, it's incredible. That's um, what you can say, and I'm just. Far, and it's 
never made time for it. All right, let's let's go on to a title change that I found. uh, (laughs) I was very happy about this one, and I presume you were. I presume you were as well. (laughs) I didn't like the the booking. The finish, sure. Because sure. honestly, I kind, I kind of did. <laughs> I'm like, well, goddamn! I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? You can just can't have them just beat, you know, Neo's uh, starter army with seven up in this case. I don't care what you call. Yeah. Um. Obviously, let's so just it was, let's, a, it was a count. It was a count out finish. Yeah. Let's set is, the match up really quick. So obviously, yeah. you have uh, Nene Takahashi and you versus. <laughs> Uh, Mirai, who obviously won the Cinderella, so her future is up in the air at this point. This is even before, and this is the first title match of the five that we, that was going to be on the card. So her yeah. future's in the air. We don't know what's going to happen just yet. And obviously, she's teaming with Ami Sare. Uh, a new look, new look. There was Ami a lot Sarai. of like, yeah. There was a lot of I know, uh, a lot, lot of new gear. Lot, I mean, she had a completely different, like the long silver hair. I mean, clearly some extensions going on there. Put on in the uh, the rubble yeah. or whatever had the new gear and extensions. I was like, damn, you know, they doing the damn thing. For the while I <laughs> while I did not like Nat's boys' extensions, and I'm glad she got rid of them. I thought this was a great look for Ami. I agree. She was wearing the green too. Like, yeah, she looked really good. No, that definitely no. And Mirai, uh, Mirai had a bit of a. Mirai, I feel like her hair was like more orange, maybe, and she had some different gear on as well. Yeah, I'm a Mirai the, guy. I didn't notice the uh, the hair, but I did notice the gear was definitely both of them had the different gear, new gear, yeah. you know, improved gear. However you want to look at it, I thought it was better than what they had before in the past. For I sure. said what they had before in the past was bad, but this was definitely no it's expenses. A good, look. Good, uh, good clean look. Yeah, they just they threw that money out there, and I, I'm glad they did it. Uh, Bell to Bell twelve twenty five. Mirai and Saray win the Goddesses of Stardom titles by countout. I don't think I've ever seen a title change done this way. And that's my only beef about it. Uh, See, I liked it. I, I was like rooting hard again because I'm anti Nene. I like without you. Without question. Um, I like you, but Nene, fucker. Uh, so like I, as it was getting closer to twenty, I'm like, get him, keep him out, keep him out. See, that's just so again, I, that's I liked desperate. it because it was I liked it because it was different. Yeah, it's not a dominating win by any means, but I presume there will be a rematch. I agree, and God, I hope Mirai and Ami win. Um, but uh. We shall see. No, we shall see. I, I'd assume it'd be a, re- a rematch as well. I just, like I said, for me, I don't see a, a real reason why you had to. Pro- well, you you did maybe if you protected you, that's the only one that couldn't have ate a pen. But I mean, hell, Nene just ate the pen to walk. I mean, she couldn't have ate a pen to either one of these two. I mean, what the fuck, you know? I mean. It, it, that's my only problem with it. It's, I feel you. It, it was nitpicky, but it's me being nitpicky. I gave the match three and three quarter stars. It probably should have been four, but like I said, for me, the finish took away from the uh, the point total itself. But it was still a good match. The right team went over. So, like I said, ultimately, I don't have a problem with that. Ami Saray, like you said, double champion. So, that'll be interesting to see if she costs up the future of stardom title at some point, lady C has been barking up that tree. I don't, I don't, I can't see that happening, but you know, hell I didn't see that Tam was going to beat Julia either. So, you know, weird shit is happening in the stardom. Maybe uh, lady C can make me eat my words on that shit as well. <laughs> we shall see. 
We shall see. Uh, next up, still going backwards, the end of the road. Uh, I wish y'all this should be oh, boy, boys, no. boys, the men up in this motherfucker. Uh, that's what the real, the real end of the road uh, for Hemica. Uh, once again, commentary throwing in a no- little nugget that I didn't know. Her father was passing. It was yeah. seems like this was the catalyst to make her look at life differently and make her want to do different things that had nothing to do with wrestling. And I ain't mad at her for it. Life is short. Pretty sure this is only the one time we got to go around doing it. So if you got to do it one time, do it the best of your ability. So the retirement road has been bumpy from points, losing matches that you, I didn't want her to lose, but you know, I'm a Mark, so I don't want her to lose at all, but neither here nor there. This was, I thought the perfect opponent for the final match in her BFF, Micah. This went uh, 14, 17, if I'm reading my handwriting correctly. Micah goes over. I gave it four stars. As This was the first real boohoo moment for your boy. Just yeah. seeing kind of the it's video sad. yeah it's just it's seeing the sad. video tribute where it was just kind of like you know you saw Micah from kind of start to finish Chris Charlton throwing in those the nuggets about you know her father's passing and now what in my heck what could have been could have been a white belt champion maybe it would have been a red belt champion if she stayed around long enough but you know in this scenario not mad at her far from it it's her life you know lead it your way you know she left us with some good matches and some good memories so in that scenario i'm happy for that but ultimately once again at least in my mind i was thinking as much as i love himika she cannot win this match mariah may have said it best and i was thinking it micah's got to stay himika's on the way out the door so in this scenario, yeah. this is the one time where I was like, all right, baby girl, I love you. And even Michael, you know, before she hit the glass driver was like, you know, hey, girl, I got to do this, but you got to get up. It's kind of yep. reminded me of Shawn Michaels, uh, Ric Flair, you know, I love you before I got dim your lights. Same concept in that scenario. So in that scenario, I was like, OK, you know what? This is really started. That was the second time I was like, God damn, man, they got me again. And obviously that was the finish of the match. So, the, you know, then I really started to boohoo. But. Once again, an emotional ride for Himika. I wish her nothing but the best, whatever she does. Hopefully, this is a start for a, a Micah push because now you have two champions. So she has two different opponents, to, two fresh opponents to chase after titles, but neither here nor there. Like I said, I gave this match four stars. Four and a quarter for me. Yeah, I'm just sad. Again, happy for her, for sure, and certainly respect her decision. It's nothing about that, but... I've been on record. She's been one of my favorites ever since the first time I saw her. She's the jumbo princess. She stands out. She's mm. big, but she's got that cuteness about her. So she's just so unique, so good. Oh, it's just so fun loving. Yeah, the great music, obviously. We're going to be the on the dance floor. Definitely sad. I'm not going to hear that anymore because it always it's got me in a good fucking good mood. mood every yeah. time I heard it, saw her coming down and doing that, like, point to the cheek smile and her ways <laughs> to everyone like man i'm just gonna fucking miss her so much <laughs> like well yeah, she's, she's gonna amazing. have that uh, like to her retirement the physical yeah. retirement like they did did with hazuki and others yeah uh they'll have that coming up in may i, I can't remember what the date may is May so, 14th i think uh, okay. but um so then yeah that'll about, be the next time we'll see see and hear the music um and see her but yeah I thought the match was really good. It reminded me a lot of their five-star match, which I think went like under 10, but they just went guns blazing mm-hmm. right from the bell. 
And that's pretty much what this was as well. Um, Himika yeah. jumping off the top rope. I was like, yep, she's yeah. definitely retiring. She's leaving yeah. it all out there. <laughs> and I thought she looked so fucking glorious in her entrance in that, like, almost like a wedding dress that a she, with a crown that she was wearing. She looked fucking beautiful. <sighs> Damn. Sad. Uh, so here's an interesting thing. I we I, I watched the uh, the tag match with Emeka and Micah against Julia and Shuri. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about before this. You haven't seen it, but an interesting thing in the post match, it sounded like she might have another match on the twenty eighth in Shinjuku Face, which is another promotion. That said, like I've got to after that. She's like, I've got Yokohama on the twenty third and Shinjuku Face on the twenty eighth. Then my retirement ceremony. So. I haven't done any research, but I'm wondering if maybe she is having, I don't know if that's where she first came up again. That's what, at least what the subtitle said right, right. on after that match. Mm-hmm. So we, we will follow up and see about that. But regardless, I just wanted to mention that and you should go back and watch that match. I was fucking laughing and then tearing up at one thirty in the morning, watching in my bed last <laughs> night. And I don't know if you've, any imagery from it, but Julia and Shuri were wearing their like old outfits that they would wear when they tagged, like the oh, very when they, when they were out. Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't even yeah. say their name like, now. The very like bright green, bright orange, yes. baggy ass yeah. pants. Yes. Like, they both came out through the Corican crowd. It was. It's just a very very fun match. But yeah, so we'll see if there's another match here in five days. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, as I said, I am sad, but uh, happy for her and wish her nothing but the best. And uh, selfishly wouldn't mind if she came out of retirement at some point. She, I'll, I'll take that one, one more match. And then, we, you know, maybe we can just keep talking to that, you know, the Christian, you know, one more match. One more match. One more yeah. match. No, 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 no. It's just one more match. Shit, girl, you got this. Go ahead. That's it. You take five weeks off. We'll, we'll call you later. Um, just little i guess shouldn't say little bits and pieces but other matches on the card um hazuki and fujichan versus utami and miyu amasaki um 14 19 bell to bell i wasn't aware at Fuji Fuji Chan is a Fuji-chan, yeah. is a huge celebrity over in Japan. Yeah. So this is basically their celebrity match. If you're in the in the head of WWE WrestleMania, think like your uh, Michael Cole's or your uh, Pat McAfee kind of deal, Logan Paul, same kind of scenario. Getting and more they actually, eyes. I don't on, like they were. They were broadcasting this match on like public or like beyond this pay per view, like on yes. television. Yeah, it's, and I they mean, had it's like that big of a deal. Yeah, and I I was unaware as well. I'd read about it coming into the match about her, but I didn't see her debut in back like in November. But I God did. damn, I, 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 actually, so- I rem- when they showed that, I was like, damn, I do remember that. Okay, okay, but shit, she looked pretty good. I mean. For it only being her second match, I mean, she fits in. You know, it's, she seems dedicated. Uh, it sounds like Hazuki's kind of been the one training her, which, fuck, Hazuki looks fucking great. Uh, she had some new colorful gear. <clears throat> Still not happy about the song, nor Julia's. Um, 
yeah, we don't even need to talk about it more. I just I don't like either of those compared to the old ones. But uh, uh, I can't disagree with that at all. But yeah, this was definitely fun, and uh, looking forward to see more Fuachan. Yeah, um, said post match she wasn't sure if she was going to do this full time or not. Um, yeah, but I, I'll say this for someone that's I agree with you for someone that's only done this twice. I think she's got a, a, at least a future in this if, if she chooses to go that route. Uh, Starlight Kid and May Sarah versus Azumi and Mai Segura. Um, the heels, I guess, quote unquote, the heels won this match where May Sarah pins Azumi. So obviously, that's probably going to be a title match coming down the pike here in a little bit. Yep. Uh, you had. I guess that's Odeo Tai with Nakatsu, Wukaka, uh, Saki, and Momo, the aforementioned Momo Watatame versus <clears throat> this is, well, part Club Venus with a little DDM sprinkled into it. <laughs> Thekla, Mariah May, Xena, and Jesse making, I think, her second appearance. Um, Odeo Tai wins this match where Thekla refuses to hit one of the Odeo time members until she decides then she's going to do it ends up hitting Jesse accidentally instead Saki takes advantage for a flash pin uh 954 bell to bell and then at the very beginning pre-show well this is the very first pre-show match you had the star stardom Rambo my Sakurai wins the stardom Rambo I thought she should have won the um was that the Cinderella Cinderella but, Neither here nor there. I guess this is our consolation prize. If the, if there's somebody that you were going to say they threw a bone to, that's who I think they threw a bone to. She's going to have some sort of bigger presence because she's cutting a lot of more uh, post-match promos. She's got like <clears throat> a gimmick going where she's calling everybody the commoners or whatever. She, you know, she's like Lady My Sakurai or whatever. There's something going on, so she's definitely getting a push. Like I said, for me, selfishly, I would have wanted her to see, see her win the Cinderella so she would get a really harder push. It's not like you said. It's not like the five stars, so it's not like, you know, this is somebody that's going to go after the title or anything like that. But if you wanted to give her the push, why not win her, have her win the Cinderella? Mirai winning it twice, like I said, it's not the end of the world, but like I said, that's just me. Not a, bit, like, not a big deal. Not the end of the world. Yeah, just on those matches you talked about, um, I really enjoyed the the May Sarah and who was her partner against May Saruga and Izumi. Uh, Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid. Yeah, I thought that was just great high speed tag stuff, and I'm a big May Saruga guy. I've talked about that before. Yeah, I like to so see really, her. Really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, the Rumble Rumble was fine, and so was the. the I like the whole like. Tecla and Club Venus stuff that they've been doing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fun, fun He's little show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Tell yeah, just silly. a gr- great, great, great show overall. Yeah, um, like you said, my knee jerk reaction. I saw the the running time was like six hours. Holy shit! It really wasn't six hours, man. It just it, no. it just getting once the the title matches started to kick in. You know, I was like, okay, this is where it's going to start getting good. Obviously, Micah Hemica was the the real like uh, pre course, you know, salad yeah. appetizer. Better course, Joyce words appetizer for the rest of that uh, that title match run. You had uh, Hachimoto and Shuri in there as your uh, 
palate cleanser, <laughs> if you will, and then you had the two the double main events. So yeah, this was a. <laughs> It was worth the wait. I'm like I said. I'm a part of me is mad. And I didn't stay awake last night to watch it, but I'm glad I did because I did, I enjoyed it this way this much more doing it this way. And yeah, just a small microcosm. I texted you about it, but yeah, like literally wiping tears from my eyes as Shuri and Hashimoto are about to go to fucking war. No shit. Like, all right, God, I move on here yeah i'm about to say you know <laughs> and we're yeah also fucking nuts so god bless them it's that's a match i want to see again obviously i want to see i kind of want to see mina and saya one more time is kind of like a, a rubber match obviously have mina go over so you can kind of you know reinforce or have the have the white belt champion tam and shuri i think not tam and shuri tam and julia i think are i have to go at it one more time even though they're saying they're not i don't give a fuck you're gonna have to do this one more time you can't leave me like this god damn it okay i'm still shaking over in the middle of the table anything else on stardom that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about i don't believe so okay so we're going to talk about uh a little pro wrestling noah and obviously the the main event was jake lee versus Nakajima and obviously I'm gonna play music in a second but I have a new drop and I want to set it up really quick um, okay. Nakajima and Jake Lee had a press conference but before that Jake Lee won the title Nakajima comes out and it doesn't look like Jake Lee was taking Nakajima seriously it just looked like you know he had just won he destroyed Kaito I mean just yeah. boat raced him off the mat yeah waving them with the title in front of uh nakajima's face and i'm sitting there thinking to myself the words of a great poet said something kind of like this see as you can see the more you fuck around the more you're gonna find out so in that scenario <laughs> i'm thinking to myself this is probably not the guy you want to be waving the belt no. in front of but no. neither here nor there i will give jake lee his credit gets knocked out I think he got legitimately knocked out yeah. at that press conference when Nakajima was like, you know what? We know Nakajima can knock people out. <laughs> he's broke, dislocated jaws. He's literally knocked people out. So, I mean, in this scenario, it wouldn't have been a surprise if he legitimately knocked Jake Lee out of that press conference. But neither here nor there, Jake Lee and Nakajima was the main event at Grand Journey in Sendai on the 16th. We're going to touch on the whole scenario in just a second, but I just wanted to play that drop right there because when I heard it, I was like, man, I got to get that bad boy one because I know I'm going to use it a lot. And number two, that quote reminded me of the press conference because I, oh, yeah. because like I said, it didn't feel like Jake Lee was taking Nakajima seriously until he got dropped. And then, like I said, you fuck around, you get found out. We can start, I guess, at the top of the car just really quick and then just roll our way down. Um, yep. Anthony Green defeats uh, Taichi Ozawa in five goals for was it 459 i guess that's what i wrote down from cage match nothing spectacular here i kind of felt bad for anthony green he wasn't even on the card until uh shit i think it was yano if i'm not mistaken was injured anthony green gets on the card bada boom bada bang he gets a quick win uh next up that six-man tag you had uh shit hideki suzuki timothy thatcher and saxon huxley weird combination all a part of Segura Goon for the moment 
Uh, (laughs) (laughs) against Inamura uh, Saito and uh, Sean Legacy Sean Legacy's first match I guess this was his first match in Noah he's wrestled here in the states mostly in the south I think that's what they said but his first time over here did you see this match I guess there's my first question no, I started with the next match with the ladies. Yeah, we did say that. Um, Seguragoon goes over, but like I said, we'll touch on that in a second. Um, Gio Shiyazaki comes out. He says he's going to return. I did see this, yeah. He said he's going to return back on the 4th of May, back from injury, so fingers crossed he can be healthy and be a part of that upper card for someone, possibly for Jake Lee to face on down the line if he retains. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. The ladies come out. I think this is their first singles match, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, first singles match. And, no, obviously they've had six-man tags. They've had a couple of uh, tag team match. But now this is their first singles match. Uh, Once again, the uh, I would call her – one of the fans, I would consider us fans of her, Maya Yukihini versus oh, yeah. uh, Sumire Natsu in a six minutes, 31 second match. Maya goes over. I thought for six minutes, I thought this was really, really good. Um, Could have been longer. Yeah, but I thought that both women laid it out, had a good match, gave it a three and a half stars. Yeah, I really liked it for the six and a half. It went probably three and a quarter or so, but we did get to see the uh, Bronco Buster. The Natsu Bronco Buster, which is a little more than your standard Bronco Buster. And I love fucking Stuart Fulton just loses it. (laughs) Great to have Stuart Fulton back on this show. He hadn't been on the last few. So what a delight to have he and uh, Mark Pickering back together at the desk. Couldn't agree more. I was going to say, not saying that the last couple shows were bad commentary, but it's just, it's good to have the... uh, yeah, this felt right. Yeah, it's good to have the tag team uh, champs back together in in a sense. Next up, you had, I guess we can call them Congo oh, Plus. Real, Go. real quick, I forgot to mention when Go came out. I loved, you know, his whole thing is I am Noah. Noah. And he used to have the shirt that just said I am Noah. But this one, I think, said, <laughs> it said I am Noah, come back, coming soon, which I just Oh, it was fucking hilarious. Hey, man, look, I say that dude can't stay healthy. Goddamn, you know. I haven't been watching Noah that long, but I know a couple of things, and one of them, that motherfucker can't stay healthy. God bless him. I want him to come back. And he is. He's the fucking man. I no. mean, it's ever since he had that long, that year-long title run, he carried the company through COVID. You know, he was the top three wrestler in the world in 2020, in my opinion. But since I think that just took such a toll on him, and yeah, he hasn't been able to stay consistently healthy since then. But hopefully, the man's got a couple more big ones in him because when he's on, he's fucking unbelievable. And I was going to say that kind of reminds me of uh, not saying that she's going down in health, but we were talking about Saya Kamatini and you know her having this great title reign, <laughs> but then having this dip or whatever. A year-long title reign, you're just going to have some ups and downs, hopefully more ups and downs. But, you know, I guess just being such big fans of her, obviously you're a big fan of Go. I haven't seen him be that guy that you're describing. So I'm patient. Not I shouldn't say patiently. I'm impatiently waiting to see that person come back and be the – So you weren't really watching in 2020 then, right, Noah? No. no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, and I, 
did you say you did catch that Nakajima match at the end of 21? Like, the the matches, I think it was November of 21 and December, back-to-back against Nakajima and Segura. Unfucking believable Both five stars, in my opinion. I think both are over, like, 45 minutes. Jesus they are Christ. epic. They no, are I, epic. I've, I've seen either one of those matches. The first match I re- saw was, I think it was Keno and Nakajima title versus title. Oh, and it ended up being, it goes to the, the Broadway draw. And I was oh. like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, they were that, basically killing that was my each match other. Of the, that was my match of the year that year. And it was, fu- and I meant, I was talking 2020 before. So end of 2020, that was 2021. I just never seen anything like that for 60 minutes. (laughs) I was like, okay, so what's this called again? Pro wrestling. Noah. Got it. That that is. Yeah. That's a favorite of mine over the, of Japanese wrestling since I've gotten into it. It's just incredible. But yeah, you'll definitely have to find some time to watch those two from late 2020 and you'll see how great Koshi Azaki is. Damn, I got time now. Actually, God forbid, you know, I'm actually caught up with wrestling for once. It's just, it's a amazing feeling. I'm just like, thank God, you know, this whole week has just been, you know, just cram it all in, just cram it all in. Pretty much since we've been, since we were together, which really kind of springboarded WrestleMania week, and then that week in between, I kind of didn't watch as much, and then there were about fifty shows, and then yeah. Another fifty. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, anywho. no. Let's not let's not talk about the dates. Just throw the dates wherever you guys want them. Don't worry about a little old Jason with two jobs. I'll take care of it. Congo uh, and, and plus Jinsei uh, Shin, Shinzaki, uh, yeah. Keno Ohara, uh, Hiroki, and uh, Suji Kongo with the aforementioned Jinsei who trained. Keno didn't know that versus Marafuji, uh, Ninja Mac, uh, who is it? Kaito Kiyomiya, Yoshioko, and Tokegi. Um, I'm just bad mouthing Kaito here. I don't blame you. It's about to say, he's looked, I guess that's where Congo and uh, the Congo team wins, you know. Neither here nor there. I think Shinzaki got the uh, the pinfall, which you know, yeah, he was great. He was awesome in this. It was this was like centered around him, and let's also say he was known as Hakushi in WWE for those Thank who you. may remember that name. He had some great matches with Bret Hart. Um, I believe they opened the first in your house pay per view, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I thought right. he was a he was amazing in this match at, you know, he's like 56, 57, but they really kind of built it around him. And you even saw, and I think the commentators mentioned like a smile from Keno almost. Right. And yeah. they're like, I don't think we've ever seen Keno smile. They so did, to see yeah, that after the beat that down, real, like, you know, that real kind of. Yeah. And he looked at Shizaki and Shizaki was kind of like, Congo. Okay. Yeah. Great. The Keno kind of like, you know, smirked or whatever. I was like, what the fuck was that? I rewound it. Cause I was like, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, Oh man, that's the closest thing you ever going to see that dude to smile. Yep. So yeah, I thought, thought this match was really fun. Yeah, it was good. I, I liked the fact that it it just felt like it was just it got guys on the card, but ultimately for me, Shinzaki was the the focal point, like you said, and he came out looking just 
56. Give me a fucking break. Dude, he ain't supposed to be no 56, dude, working shit like that. Next up, you had uh, in a weird kind of uh, match, and we'll talk about that really quick. Extreme Tiger, Alpha Wolf, and Lancelot versus uh, Dragon Bane, Drillistico, and Alejandro. Um, yes, for the record, Alejandro didn't get unmasked, but... <laughs> Um, Extreme Tiger did get hurt in this match. Apparently, he, I'm guessing he got knocked out or got his bell rung in some form or fashion. Sure looked like, I mean, he didn't move for a minute, it seemed like, before they even put the stop to it. So, yeah, I, I think I rewound. I think he, like, I can't remember exact, but he took a knee or leg or something to the face when whomever, like, hit him off the top rope at Something there was like it was like yeah. three, all three of the uh, Dragon Bane, Druistico, and Alejandro all hit like high spot moves one after the other. Yeah, and, and that the, yep. whoever was the third one was like I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that was the one, but just the the concentration of all three moves. Yeah. You know, I guess rung his bell. Yeah, he, he being I completely missed tire. it. I didn't even. I'm like. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, he's down, and they're stopping this match. So that's why I went back. I'm like, what the hell happened? And then I'm like, oh, that had to be it. Because, yeah, he was – that motherfucker was not moving. So. At all, which was a scary oh, moment. Glad. Yeah. Um, what they do? So they basically they had a, um, a handicap match just taking Extreme Tiger Way, Alpha Wolf, Lancelot versus the Alejandro, Dragon Bane, Druistico uh, trio. I can't remember who destroyed the table after they restarted the match, but it was a moonsault. I don't remember either. But it, the table that they land on, I mean, just was crushed. It was, you could just yeah. see, like, the, the table just explode. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. going on there? Hopefully, number one, Extreme Tiger, okay. Number two, that moonsault. I can't remember who it was, but I just remember me popping was like, God damn, you know, for a restart match, this is all right, but neither here nor there. Yeah. Alejandro, Dragon Bane, Druistico win the restart. Uh, just wanted to point out, A, hopefully, like I said, Extreme Tiger is okay. Um, Miyawaki, Junta Miyawaki coming back on the 29th. He might be in play for the junior title. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Funaki versus Aoki on the 4th of May, MMA rules. Haven't seen Fanaki in a while since he's lost the title, so it's good to see him come back. But now let's get down to the nitty-gritty shit. All title matches. First up, you had Segura and Tanaguchi versus Kiyomiya and Inaba. Inaba and Kiyomiya, obviously the, the champions at this point. Segura and, Ta and Tanaguchi, surprising teammates, considering that Tanaguchi beat Segura and then, I guess, Segura Got him, gave him his props, decided to them they were going to be or partners to challenge for the tag team titles. I don't necessarily like, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, mismatch partnerships when it comes to tag teams. But in this case, I kind of liked it. it, it, yeah, it actually worked. worked. <laughs> the challengers won 15-23, bell to bell. Segura and Tanaguchi win the tag team titles off of Kiyomiya and Inaba. A little bit of a surprise, not a big surprise because I didn't really think Kiyomiya and Inaba were going to be tag team champs long. It was just nice for me as a, a Masa fan to see him win the titles Daiki Inaba, you know, is an amazing workhorse. So it was good to see him win the title. But ultimately, this is... I didn't think they would put Segura and Tanaguchi together if they weren't going to win the titles. 
at the mo- at this point, it was the match of the night. I gave it four stars. Yeah, it was three seven five. Yeah, I admittedly kind of wanted to see Kidamiya and Inaba hang on to him because, like you said, Inaba, you know, workhorse kind of guy doesn't get a lot of fanfare. Kidamiya's won the tag belts a few times with a couple different partners, but. You know, it was a shorter reign, but I was enjoying it. But the Segura-Tanaguchi pairing has proved to be compelling, and it was a pretty emotional finish to this match. And, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it and uh, curious to see where the champs go. I mean, it seems like, you know, Segura and Kojima just had those belts for quite a little bit. Right. Seems like more often than not, the tag titles, both in the juniors and heavyweights, ping pong quite a bit so i just kind of want to see more of a sustained rain but yeah this was good stuff post-match you had uh what seemed like a secure goon reunion go left <laughs> like a motherfucker yeah, yeah. basically has him break off with timothy thatcher and saxon huxley saxon huxley timothy thatcher are going to be the first challengers to the new champions as they secede away from Segura Goon. Uh, I saw the name of the new faction. I can't think of it. I think it's real. Sounds right. Yeah, because they did whatever the the promo they cut after the fact. Real was like, you know, they always came back to it. So, you know, it's going to be real. Yeah, it's going to be real. So, real is their new faction name. Like it or not. Not a big fan personally, but neither no. nor there. Next up, you had Yohei and Taguske versus Ita and Ogawa, junior tag titles up for grabs here. 13-34, bell to bell, new tag team champions. And in this scenario, it finally, thank God. I, I can't remember. I'm fine, what they, with, yeah, I'm fine with this title change. I can't remember sure. how they labeled the uh, the matches. Each match had a, a like a theme yeah. or something like that. Which I love. I love that. And yeah. I, I didn't write it down like an idiot. But what this one yeah. felt like it was like, you know, finally or something along those lines. And I was like, yeah, finally, shit. Get Ida and Ogawa away from the tag titles. They are just driving me up the wall fight all yeah. the time can't get along even though they were playing nice up until the finish where i believe it was ita hit ogawa uh causing the roll-up pin i think it was to rolled him up doesn't matter post-match obviously the meltdown between stinger paris del mar whatever the fuck their faction is called happens again <laughs> Dude, good good looking guys have now at this point two wins underneath their belts with two matches coming up. Possible sweep for good looking guys. We'll obviously talk about that in a second. Any thoughts on this junior tag title train wreck? Eh, match was okay. It was fine. Uh, just happy that uh, Tadasuke and Yohei won. Definitely. And um, I thought that this was going to lead to a clean sweep for the GLG squad, but I was wrong. I was, I wasn't thinking that I thought if one, if one of the other was going to win the junior tag title, if they were going to win the junior tag titles, they're going, weren't going to win the national or vice versa. I didn't think they were going to sweep a a sweep would have been amazing because obviously, you know, we're GLG guys, but I, something in the back of my mind was like, are they really going to do it that hard, that quick? I was like, no, nah, somebody's going to lose. I just wasn't sure who it was going to be. And then once Yohei and Tadusuke won, I was like, motherfucker, God damn it, not this guy, but let's talk about it. In the longest match of the night, 23-04, Jack Morris versus Hiho Del, Dr. Wagner Jr. for the national title. 
I watched it again because you said that you like this match so much. So I was like, okay, maybe I missed something this first time around. I watched it again. You're right. I, I, I did not give it the, the, the proper okay. cue. I thought you. I thought you were gonna go. Yeah, I didn't miss anything. No, it wasn't that great. I'm like, no, what the fuck? No, yeah, no, this no, was, no, no, this was my match of the night. Um, I went four and a half on this and the main event, but I preferred this one. Um, man, I I said it to you. I think these are two of the most improved wrestlers especially in Noah, especially in Japan, in the world, I think, since last year's N1. Like, these guys were, I don't want to say afterthoughts. I mean, Morris obviously was making his debut. He beat Kaito. But, like, the match quality wasn't really there, match in, match out. And same with Wagner. Um, But, man, ever since he won the national title, starting with that match against Inamura, Mm -hmm. Soya match was very solid, but this and the Intermura both I had at four or five. I think I like the Intermura match a touch more because the crowd, because it was like the first cheering show, and that was awesome. And they really but, got into it. Yeah, but I just think these two had great chemistry right off the bat. It was stiff. It just it, kind of intangible, just had like a great flow to me and truly didn't know who was going to win. I thought Morris was going to win, so I was a little surprised, but happy because I, I like Wagner, man. Uh, like I said, I skipped a lot of his matches in the N1. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't watch every single match, and he was a newer guy at that point. Um, but, man, he's a beast, and he can get the crowd. Both these guys were kind of, you know, GLG, kind of Healy, but the crowd loves Morris, so, you know, they didn't really know who to pull for. I just thought this was a blast, and uh happy that Wagner keeps going because I think it's uh it's been a nice run for him and he's earned it but uh Morris Morris's time will come I mean the guy his he keeps getting big opportunities I mean he's challenged for the GHC heavyweight and national mm-hmm. titles in the past couple months or few months uh, so yeah I think and he, he keeps getting better and looking great and uh as uh our good friend good friend Stu Fulton says he time and time again he looks like an adonis um i think he is he is a pretty boy (laughs) yeah um but no this was just rock solid fucking match here and uh big 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 big, i can't talk now big fan of both guys good shit here yeah um he all i thought was uh Someone I didn't really have on my radar either, really, until he beat Funaki, which was kind of a surprise. I just didn't see that coming, but it was it was cool. It wasn't like yeah. Funaki had a uh, a short reign. He was one of the longer champions we've we've seen since we really started watching Noah on the regular. So that's always good. I w- I'll say this much though: um, this loss for Jack Morris, I think, might set up him and Anthony Green to make a run at the heavyweight tag titles. Obviously, they came in together at the same time for the uh, the no the N1 tournament uh, last year or whatever the case may be. You know, left for a little bit, came back, been back since. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go after the tag titles at this point. Not no, saying that, uh, not at all. Uh, not saying that Shigeru and Tanaguchi are going to cough them up right away. If they do, then you know, so be it. But. Well, it would be at least the second defense because we know Thatcher and Huxley are going first. So. Right. so in that scenario, it wouldn't surprise me to see Jack Morris 
and uh, Anthony Green go after him. For the moment, neither one have really anything to do. Not saying that you know we need to you know give them sort of some sort of push. Jack Morris is fine. Anthony Green is the one that if anybody needs some sort of love. And so in that scenario, I think if you put them together, it already kind of makes sense. You can give them some tag matches oh, yeah. and see see where it ultimately ends up going. But. Ultimately, I agree with you. I thought this was really good. I gave it four and a quarter. Not mad about four and a half. Uh, four and a half makes I'm sense, too. Um, Jack Morris, is like I said, Jack Morris is over. I think he will be a champion at some point, and I'm glad that he is getting, a, you know, the one of our biggest, I guess, criticisms, for lack of a better word, when it came to Noah is the fact that it was never a champion that held the title for an extended period of time, especially at the top. So, I'm ultimately not mad about this. I'm, I can go ahead and say that this would be something I would like to see more of. He'll run the title a little while longer, but time will tell. Next up, um, for me, probably the if it wasn't the junior tag title match, it was this match is probably my low points of the night. Uh, 1304 bell to bell. You had Hayata versus Amasaka for the junior heavyweight tag title or junior heavyweight title. Um, Hayata goes over. Yeah. I just I thought this was another classic chance to do something really cool, really special. Have these guys fly around the ring. Hayata can do more than just fly around the ring. He actually he could do submissions as well. So in this scenario, I thought this was going to be a pretty good match, an even match. But I just like I said, for 13 minutes, I thought I thought they could have did a whole lot more. Just left a lot on the bone. What do you think about the match? Yeah, I couldn't agree more and not exactly thrilled with the title change here. Um, you know, I'm not quite as high on Hayata as you. Again, I haven't seen him as much as you, as I've said, you know, especially last year when I wasn't as into Noah as I was in 2020 or 2021, or as I am now, I was skipping some of the earlier matches. And admittedly, you know, a lot of what I would read about Hayata is that the guy is pretty inconsistent. Yeah, so I'm not not hating on the guy by any means. I've seen him do some good work, but I just was never really into this from the get-go, and I thought Amoxa um, had had a really good reign um, and would have liked to see that continue, but what's this highest as, like, fifth title win or something? Like, yeah, I know he's won it a lot or had some long reigns, so... No, it's his fifth. Yeah, so, again, for me personally, wasn't into it. Um, wasn't a bad match by any means, but just wasn't really great and didn't agree with the title change. I couldn't agree with you more. I thought Amaska should have held on to it a little while longer, but Ninja Mac apparently is the next man up, so maybe that might uh, make up for this uh, lackluster junior heavyweight title match. And in the main event, uh, you had, obviously you had Nakajima versus Jake Lee. Jake Lee's first title defense, I thought this was a really good use of Nakajima just making him look like the the credible threat that he is. Obviously, I can't lie. I was rooting for Nakajima. <laughs> I knew oh, he wasn't going to win, but I was too. just like, yeah, man, <laughs> at least make this motherfucker work a little bit. You know? Oh, he did. He took it to his ass. Yeah, a couple of times where I was like, are they going to do this? this Noah, is, Noah is the one promotion of all the ones that we would watch that if this, especially at the top, if they wanted to take the title off of Jake Lee, they take the title off Jake Lee on his first defense and wouldn't bat an eye on it. We've seen it happen before already. This wouldn't have been a huge surprise that they went this route. Oh, Thanks. it happened before like 
four times last year. Right, so thankfully they did. Without a single fucking defense. Jesus. 22-58, bell-to-bell. Jake Lee retains over Nakajima. I thought this was a really good match. To me, this was the match of the night. Rewatching it all over again. I gave it four and a half stars. I thought Jake Lee used his size and and made it look like he was just that much bigger than Nakajima, but Nakajima just don't give two shits about that. Chopped him down to size, gave us a little showtime, you know, put, got him to the point where I was thinking maybe this title change was actually getting ready to happen. Like I said, thankfully it doesn't because, like I said, ultimately I like GLG and I want to see where he, being Jake Lee and GLG goes, but neither here nor there. Thoughts on the GHC heavyweight title match? Yeah, I said it before, also four and a half, and no argument here about match of the night. Um, It's a very, very small margin between this and the national for me. And yeah, I thought this match was exactly what it needed to be. You know, Nakajima, like we said, you don't want to fuck around with that guy. And he was kicking the shit out of him and really dominated the first two-thirds of this match, it felt like. He was in control. He showtimed his ass all around the ring. I I don't know if he did it every single corner, but he did at it a lot. And, <laughs> at least two. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> okay. I do want to reference one line, or two things from commentary. Uh, one, and I didn't catch this initially, because I was actually, my roommate and uh, his lady friend actually watched this match with me, okay. having never seen Noah. My roommate's seen a good amount of New Japan, but um, so there was a little more conversation, but they definitely both really enjoyed it. That's what's up. So Azar told me, I guess in Jake Lee's entrance and uh, that one of Stewart or Mark referred to him as a Sith board, which I thought is a perfect comparison because that's exactly what he fucking looked like coming out. I couldn't agree with you more. He did say that. I was like, fucking A, man. Now I like him even more. God damn it. Why do you bring up Star Wars? The second piece, which Addy, my my roommate, and I still are laughing about, and I don't know if you caught it, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was Mark Pickering. It was mm-hmm. early in the match mm-hmm. talking about when KG Muto first met Jake Lee. And he's like, and he took him out to dinner and asked him to take his top off so he could see the next All Japan heavyweight champion. <laughs> but just the way he was talking, he's like, and he took him out to dinner and asked him to take his top off I, I so totally he could see that. the next heavyweight <laughs> All Japan champion. Like, Addy and I, like, probably. Two seconds after he said it, like Addy and I locked eyes. We're like, "What the fuck?" Okay. <laughs> Did he just say just, what I thought he said? Just imagine fucking KG Muto and a young Jake <laughs> Lee out to dinner, and he's just like, "All right, take your shirt off. You I want to see what? what the next All Japan Heavyweight <laughs> Champion looks like." Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh man, I guess so, you buying right? All right, take the shirt off. It is. <laughs> That's As I said, shit. so great, so great to have Stewart and Mark back together. And yeah, no shade on the guy. I can't remember his name who was doing it before with Mark, but these two are just so fucking good. Two they have the that chemistry that that you need yeah. in in play by play and color that yeah. you know, like Chris Charlton and uh, Kevin Kelly Kevin have. Kelly. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. So. If Kevin and I was thinking about this, if Kevin Kelly leaves to start his own promotion, does you know, play by play there. Chris Charlton has shown that he can easily slide in and he can pick do up the play the sl- by play. Yeah. yeah, he can pick up the slack and then you can just put in whoever you want in the color commentary. So in that scenario, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen for a while, but if it does come to pass, you, you got that base covered, but I couldn't agree with you more. Mark and Stu have that 
chemistry that they work and play off of each other's words and thoughts to where it just <laughs> they some funny motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I told, and I texted you this one earlier about the adult, adult diaper, and also during that 2020 Nakajima Go match, they're like up, they're up like on the top turnbuckle, and Stewart's like, Mark, I hope you got your adult diaper on, and then. Like a crazy move happened, and Mark started talking over him. But that's the the adult diaper, as I said, I had on for the Shuri Hashimoto match. Uh, is another very, very fun uh, Stuart Fultonism, if you will. But uh, back to the match. Yeah, I pretty much covered it all. I thought you know Nakajima took it to his ass, but Jake Lee didn't back down. And you know, ultimately, that size and power, you know, really kind of helped lead to the victory. And there was a bit of intrigue after the match because he was about to call out Segura, it appeared. Because remember, they had those scuffles, you know, before he even won the belt. I was and thinking then, uh, at some point that they would be crossing paths yeah. for the tag titles, and obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. Go ahead. And then who comes out? Another man who could say he is Noah. True. Naomichi Marafuji. And uh, this should be. He fucking fun. Yeah, I, I heard his music. And I was like, oh, fucking hey. I've been talking about wanting to see Marafuji in a title match, and Noah has dropped a little nugget into my lap. So I'm excited in that sense. Um, they've had a, a couple of shows, I think, since the, at least one show that I haven't seen since this. Uh, yeah, I haven't show, either. The 16th show. So I want to at least see if Marafuji and Jake Lee cross paths. But to me, like I said, Marafuji is a fucking video game. You know, in real life, five, six, seven kick punch combos. Before you know it, you know you're you're really fucked up. Jake Lee, obviously, he's going to have the size advantage on him. He can do, throw the kicks and strikes as well. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how long Jake Lee is going to hold the title. At least in my opinion, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying that Mary Fuji's going to win it. I don't think he will. I think this is just an. It sounds like well, it shouldn't say it sounds like it feels like Mary Fuji's being propped up for Jake Lee to go over to put another belt on his resume. You know, he got Nakajima. He got uh, I agree. Marafuji, you know, whoever else. If it's Segura next after that, you know, so be it. But I think that's the way they're going to build him up to be a decently, you know, viable champion. I would and be- Go Shiyazaki lingering in the background, background, like we said earlier. I mean, there's no way he's coming back and not challenging for that belt at some point. You Couldn't know, I don't know. More. Don't know if it'll happen right out of the gate. And that's a guy, again, he was in that mix last year. I think he dropped it. To, he he beat – who did he beat for it? Oh, they vacate – Fujita vacated it, and then he beat he got Kaito. He beat Kaito in yep. a, a vacant match, and then he dropped it immediately to Kojima, who then dropped it immediately to Keno, who then dropped it immediately to, <laughs> to Kaito. Um <sighs> So, you know, I wish in retrospect now, I wish he wouldn't have won it then because it's kind of meaningless now. And, you know, that you didn't see it, but that 2020 run was so fucking great that, I don't know, it seems like that moment is kind of wasted in terms of him winning that belt again. And, you know, truly one of the Noah stalwarts from the beginning of the company um, well, Segura, truly, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's definitely going to challenge at some point. I'd imagine he'll have some pretty solid tune-up matches before that, but 
Yeah, I mean, he's certainly come. I think they announced the date sometime in May that I think he's returning to the ring. I don't think they've announced the match, but they said it on commentary, like May 4th or yeah. something like that. No, it's May 4th. I know, I know the date. They just... They, I'm sure they left it open ended just to figure out, you know, who his first opponent could be. That somebody that you know he should be able to go over, but you know, be a uh, a credible opponent as well. Although, let's not forget at the beginning of 2022. So when he had come back after that long, like seven eight months off, he lost like his first several matches. I don't know if you were watching. It was like in January of 22. He lost to, like, Segura. He lost to Tanaka. I think he might have lost to Keno. Maybe more. Like, he went on, like, a losing streak, which yeah, that, was very inter- that was very interesting, I thought. Yeah, it turned it around they, later they, on, and, and that, I totally agree with and that. And then I he, was finally it. Got the, he finally got the belt back and then boom, dropped it immediately. But right. I liked that storyline of him. You know, not many companies with their top guy, arguably, have them lose, get pinned fucking four times in about a month or two. So I'll give them credit for that. You know, that's something you're not seeing Okada eat four, lose four straight. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the world be in it. If you saw Okada going on four match, you just three right now. Be like, fuck it. I'm just going to go rob this bank. Ain't nothing else to live for. (laughs) Just knowing that's how they treated go coming back the last time. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if he takes some L's or if he, that's why I think he's not going to challenge Jake Lee right, right away. away. They're going to want to work him back in, but I'm definitely intrigued. And, uh, he's, you know, he and Nakajima are the reason I got into Noah in the first place. So, uh, happy to see him back and hopefully he can, uh, get a nice little run going here. Anything else from <clears throat> Noah that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I think we covered it. Yeah, no, sir. We're good. All right, let's jump on back over to the States for a little New Japan. And I said it on Band from Ringside. I guess it was Thursday when we recorded. This team right here is slowly but surely reminding me of of last year's FTR at a certain point yep. when they won a big thing when they beat the Briscoes and that dog collar match and with basically uh, their third go around with the Briscoes and I'm like man you know FTR is that real deal they're the best team in the world right now that's what I kind of feel about Aussie Open right now when they yeah. finally won on I guess that was Capital Collision on the 15th they had a triple threat title match themselves uh, Motor City Machine Guns and Okada and Tanahashi in the main event they win the New Japan Strong tag titles off of Motor Motor City Machine Guns which they just did that as a singles match but neither here nor there when they did that I was thinking to myself you know what Aussie Open is now what double champions at this point they are now this year's FTR. Aussie Open, I'm just going to yeah. say it right now. They're the best tag team in the world. I don't care who you want to put up yeah. against at this point. I don't care. No one. Don't care. No one. They are the best tag team in the world. This I know it's booked to make them win, but God damn it, so be well, it. Not only Let's th- talk about the schedule that they have, too. Like Japan to the States, back to Japan, back to the States. states. Like, I mean, literally. They're incredible bouncing from one side of the the planet to the other and still 
cranking out four, four and a quarter, four and a half star matches. We'll talk about the stars here in a little bit, but let's just jump into the main event of Capital Collision. You had Okada, Tanahashi versus Aussie Open versus the Motor City Machine Guns for the New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Okada, obviously... A story into itself. Where does he go after the big loss from Sonata? Is this going to be a thing with Tanahashi? Motor City Machine Guns coming in as the reign defending uh, New Japan ch- Strong Tag Team Champions. Arguably one of the best tag teams of all time. Just not the best tag team of 2023. We've already given that award out. I'm not giving it back to anybody else at this point. You're just going to have to take it. And then obviously Aussie Open coming in as the IWGP Tag Team Champions. Beating Bishimon. Probably their biggest win to date. Maybe this might be the second biggest win or the first. I'll let you decide. Neither here nor there. Thoughts on the tag team title match? Yeah, really good. Uh, four and a quarter for me. I think it went like 25 minutes, but I was captivated the whole way. Um, it was just cool seeing these three teams together. You know, like just picture a world, you know, coming into this year where you would have seen. Motor City Machine Guns, Okada and Tanahashi, and Aussie Open in a main event match. So that in and of itself was just pretty special and cool. And yeah, I agree. Motor City Machine Guns, definitely one of the greatest ever to lace them up as a team. And I thought they had an incredible 2022, and they've had a great year this year too. Um, But yeah, just... I can't really remember any specifics off the top of my head at the moment because I've watched a lot of wrestling since then. Yeah, but which uh, is crazy to even say. But go ahead. <laughs> but it was just—I uh, really enjoyed this match. You know, even though it went twenty-five, never felt a lull. I was engaged. Just want to step back and forgot to mention that on that Stardom show, the only match over twenty was the main event, which is another reason. Like, just felt that was just such a good, smooth, swift, great show. Um, but just forgot to get that in earlier as we're talking about north of 25 minutes here. Um, but yeah, just rock solid stuff. And again, just putting that tank in the ground that Aussie open is the fucking best tag team in the world. And, there ain't no two ways around it, brother. No, I, I, I can't d- disagree. I shouldn't say that. I agree with you totally on the star rating as well. I gave it four and a quarter. Next up, uh, for the running time, it was 25-13 for the record. Uh, Eddie Edwards versus Kenta for the New Japan Strong Heavyweight Championship. Eddie Edwards in this, uh, I won't call it uh, the multi-universe of matches, but it felt a, a little multi-universe. Obviously, Eddie Edwards from the M- Impact roster versus Kenta, obviously being the reigning defending champion. 1842, Kenta retains in the usual Kenta fuckery. God damn, he's just so funny. I'm just, I need to go back and watch this backstage shit because I know he's over there clowning on the backstage comments. Uh, Post match, Hikaleu uh, comes on the video screen to challenge Kenta. Uh, the Kenta accepts. Date TBD. Um, I like the match. I didn't think it was anything great. Uh, <clears throat> solid, but nothing spectacular. Gave it three and a half. 1842 feels like longer than it should be for three and a half stars. So obviously there was something missing, but neither here nor there. Didn't feel like my time was wasted. Right guy went over and he used the fuckery to do it. So in that scenario, no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, also three and a half. Felt like it started slow and, you know, had some big moves towards the end. But, yeah, largely kept my attention, but nothing to write home about. And, 
Man, Hikaleo can't talk his way out of a wet paper bag, can he? <sighs> you know, you, you <laughs> have to figure that shit out. They, they, and talk about just squashing any momentum that guy had. I mean, yeah, yeah he's he, getting a strong title match, but you mentioned it, and we talked about it, like not capitalizing, having him in the New Japan Cup. You know, he had an incredible match and moment against Jay White that is forgotten about now. I mean, not by us, but like they have doing very little to make us remember how incredible that was. And man, when he just, when he came on the screen, I just wanted to turn it off. Unfortunately, sorry. It's just awful at promos. I couldn't agree with you more. I'll say that obviously he needs to work on it. And if this is the guy that you, you put over Jay white, then there's something to be said about it. So that, they have some sort of confidence in him. I get he's big. I get that. The physical shit is there. Yeah, that, he's, that improved promo was, he's improved his wrestling tremendously, but yeah. do not let that man talk. Please and thank um, you, Jesus Christ. At least, at least David Finley has gotten over in the wake of Jay White because Hikaleo certainly has not. And again, I'm not trying to shit the guy because I I went four and three quarters on that match. I thought it was unbelievable, so well executed. But man, he's just like you said, he's just got to get better. Plain yeah. and simple. Like if you're going to be upper mid, I mean, can't imagine top of the card. But if you're going to be in this spot, you got to be better at this because it was just like watching paint dry. No, it, it definitely fell flat in in this scenario. It's like you said. It's hey, it's just hey, gonna be bad. Kenta, Kenta, I want that belt. Give it to me, <sighs> brother. Wrestling Dontaku. I know he didn't say that, but I'm guessing that's probably when probably it's gonna happen. Probably safe bet. Yeah. But that's what it sounded like. So, yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. Hopefully that gets better. Let's talk. Let's jump back to David Finley. Um, David Finley had a match against AR Fox. Uh, 1028 bell to bell. David Finley goes over post-match. He calls out Clark Connors. So Clark Connors in the match beforehand. Our the boy Clark end, Connor. Yes. The, the white rhino himself on the losing end of that match takes out his frustrations on the DKC who I believe ate the pin on that match, jumped him post-match left him laying. So th- Obviously, there was a heel turn before our eyes. So when David Finley called out Clark Connors, I'm thinking one of two things is going to happen. Either he's getting ready to get that ass beat or he might be joining Bullet Club. Fortunately for Clark Connors, it was the latter. I'll get just go with the thoughts on the AR Fox Finley match and then thoughts on Clark Connors joining Bullet Club as the newest member replacing ELP. Yeah, match was very solid, probably a three and a half or, um, but the post match really overshadowed it for sure. Um, yeah, I was a bit, not a little torn on this initially, you know, Clark, we really came to love from his forbidden door performance and, you know, he's had some moments since then, certainly. Uh, but I think this is definitely good for him and it's nice to see. We kind of were texting about this, like how David, now that it is David Finley's Bullet Club, how yep. this has taken shape. Got to throw a little shade towards Azar for making me look bad about the Jake something <laughs> prediction. But nah, man. I think it could still happen. And funny enough, so I told you, we were at uh, Derby City Wrestling, an indie show here in Louisville right, right. last Sunday, which Jake something was at. 
had an incredible match with a guy named Lord Crew, who's from Cincinnati. Uh, awesome stuff. I went four stars on it. That's what's that? uh, but Azar made the joke because it was the same night as the Philly show. He's like, yeah, too bad he doesn't have enough time to get up to Philadelphia and join Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> New Japan um, jet waiting to, you know, at the fucking airport. No, man, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I, I'm I'm definitely for it. I think it will see a new side of Clark. I mean, he's definitely for a junior. Like I thought, he he's a guy who could and maybe at some point will move up to heavyweight because he's so jacked. But he's obviously not that like big. Right. He's just like shredded up. Um, but I, you know, that'd be kind of like I want to see him unleash a little bit and kind of have be more of that like bruiser of the junior division. And I think. Bullet Club is a good place for him to access that and really kind of see what the dark side of Clark Connors looks like because I think it could be pretty damn good. He was already aggressive to begin with, making him a heel. I would assume make him a little more aggressive. Whether he becomes the the chicken shit heel is a interesting thought. I don't see that, but weirder things have happened. Uh, I agree ultimately. Clark Connors, I think, is somebody that could be beneficial in the the bullet club spotlight and uh you know we'll see what happens uh, he already got ishimori there but it shouldn't be a problem ishimori and elp ultimately got along even though they were both juniors chasing after the same title yeah. uh they Tom, had some great they had some great tag matches i mean there was one with like osprey and robbie eagles mm-hmm. that was four and three quarters yeah so Maybe we'll get to see some Clark Connors, Ishimori tags, which would be fun. Um, dichotomy of styles, Ishimori, speed, and uh, you know the, the the submission game, and uh, Clark Connors would be the power guy. So yeah, that, that that's that's got some intrigue to it. I, I ain't gonna lie, and I just talked myself into it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Holland versus ZSJ for the. Uh, world TV I know championship. You lo- I know you love this. One. Oh we, yeah, because you, you saw me mark the fuck out of it when we first met, and I did mark the fuck out of it when I was uh, here by myself. Thirteen, twelve, bell to bell. ZSJ re- retains. I thought this was the first time in the ZSJ uh, title reign where, even though Shota pushed him, I never felt like ZSJ was going to lose. This was like the one the first times so I was like. Yeah, this this looks a little different than all the other ones. Tom Waller can obviously stick with ZSJ when it comes to anything Zach wants to do on the ground for the most part. But obviously, Zach sneaks one out at the end with another nice little pinfall victory. Um, I thought ZSJ might lose this match, but no problem with this uh, the finish. I love Tom Waller, obviously. Love Zach Sabre Jr., obviously. So for me, I was a pig in slot watching this bad boy. What'd you think? Where'd you go? Uh, shit. What did I, I think I have four stars. Four stars. Four and a quarter for me. I feel like all these ZSJ title defenses have been four or four and a quarter. This one might be my favorite. Um, or the Ishii one, I think, in the beginning was also – I mean, they've all been good. That's, and, But, yeah, this one felt different because, like you said, Lawler's a guy who can hang with them in the technical side of things, and he was bringing out some fucking strikes too. So uh, it was just a great mix. And admittedly, I'd like to see these guys go again without the constraints of a time limit, even though like, I love the 15 minutes because it makes you make both guys attack it differently. But I'd like to see more of a full fledged like G1 match between these two where they just just slug it the fuck out. Yeah, give us 30 minutes and just let them go. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Desperado versus yeah. Ishii, uh, 1640 bell to bell. Desperado, I think, is 
arguably one of the best pound for pound, pound for pound wrestlers in the world and gave Ishii all kinds of trouble like I thought he would but the stone pit bull pulls this one out it's been hard for me to kind of wrap my head around Desperado beating a heavyweight but not saying he couldn't but it's just been hard for me to wrap my head around it I thought this was the right call 16-40 like I said bell to bell Ishii wins I gave it four and a quarter what'd you think Four and a quarter. Yeah, I loved it. I know they, they tangled the first time in the 2020 New Japan Cup, the empty arenas. It was awesome Oof. then. It was even better now. Two of my favorite guys in the company. I mean, Ishii has been since day one. And Desperado, the moment that the Super Junior, I think, 2020 final when he got unmasked. Ever since then, he's been one of my favorite guys. He's just been on a tear since then. And you're right. He's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked, not yet, but that maybe in the next year so makes that move up the heavyweight i think not to get too far ahead but i think he may win best of super juniors this year because he's never fucking won it um he's come please made the finals at least twice um but i mean he's definitely one of the bigger juniors and they keep bringing it up on commentary too um and yeah that's the thing it shouldn't be that far-fetched for an el desperado to beat an ishii Despite, no. you know, Chuck, he's bigger than Ishii. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Ishii's like 5'8". Right. Um, but Ishii fights so much bigger than he truly is. So. Too sore. Yeah, this he gets was heavyweights awesome. all kinds of trouble. So I mean, it, like I said, that's where I was like, it's, as much as I wanted Desperado to kind of pull I mean, off the upset, saw, he fucking pushed Okada. You right. know. So oh, I talked about that last episode. No, but, def- uh, definitely something to be said. I like the, the thought of uh, Desperado winning BSOJ, which reminds me the lineups are coming out on Thursday, whatever Thursday is. Today's the 23rd, yeah. so I think it's like the 27th. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so look for that on the 27th. Uh, we'll be obviously talking about that the next time we record as well. A match that was scheduled to happen that didn't happen because when you – I'm sorry. Let's try this one again. Hang on. See, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. When Fred Rosser apparently puts a sign for Tony Storm uh, in the front row where she could have a seat to, to watch Fred Rosser versus Juice Robinson, the quote just says it all. Juice not fucking around proceeds to <laughs> whoop Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm like, God damn. Will Smith over there like, God damn. And he said the fucking part. <laughs> okay. Clear as a bell. I was like, okay, so we're not going to have a match, I'm assuming. No? No? He's- He's so fucking rock. Okay. <laughs> Juice Robinson, uh, I guess I guess we're calling this a no contest. Sounds about right. Um, beats down Fred Rosser, beats down Young Lions, uh, referees, anybody in his way to make sure that Fred Rosser keeps Tony Storm's or Tony Storm's <laughs> name out of Fred Rosser's mouth. You get my point. Um no problem with this. It extends the Fred Rosser, uh, Juice Robinson feud. If you don't remember or you don't watch New Japan Strong, Juice Robinson gets the assist when Kenta takes the New Japan Strong title away from Fred Rosser. Juice hits Fred Rosser with a roll of quarters or whatever it was in his hand to set up the, uh, the fuckery pinfall. So this just extends said storyline. But... As much as Juice Robinson is, for me, he wanes and varies. 
at one point I loved him to death cry when he won the, the US title and then other points I'm just kind of like eh, it's juice you know he's not you know he doesn't feel like he's special right now this is yeah. getting to the point where I'm like okay you know Juice is showing his ass a little bit, and I totally get it. Never been married, but I know one thing. I ain't going to talk about Tony Storm anymore in a oh. negative way. Shit, I want Juice Robinson looking for me. Um, thoughts on the beatdown of Fred Rosser? Because obviously we'll be talking about him here in a little bit uh, as he goes against Lance Archer. Uh, for, for the record, Juice Robinson's kicked out of the tournament for beating down <laughs> Fred Rosser. Fred Rosser takes his spot in the four-man tournament, so it would be he and Lance Archer in the following show. The winner faces the winner of Tanahashi, Will Ospreay, but we'll talk about that in a second. Thoughts on the Fred Rosser beatdown? I'm sorry. Yeah, I love the beatdown. I mean, yeah, getting to see that more aggressive side of Juice, and I'm with you. Like, Juice is a guy that, at his best... <laughs> guy's fucking great he's had some great matches he's dripping with charisma but yeah he can get lost in the shuffle quite often i want to take this opportunity to talk about bullet club gold mm. and where this fits in because obviously we've talked so much about jay white leaving now he's in aew we haven't even really talked too much about that we don't get need to get too into it right. but it's he and Juice Robinson right now, this Bullet Club gold right. in AEW. However, we've still got Juice in New Japan. You know, so, and then ELP tweeting with Jay about Bullet Club gold. David Finley saying they are not part of Bullet Club. Right. I mean, we're definitely going to see Jay White in New Japan again. I think that's a fact. And I think we're going to get Bullet Club versus Bullet Club gold at Forbidden Door. What say you? Uh, maybe not a team versus team scenario, but I think Jay White versus David Finley should be at least sure. the bare minimum of what we get. Uh, I think it, it screams forbidden door. How we get there, I think, is the the biggest question. Obviously, um, I I just think that selfishly, it's, just, it's selfishly, intriguing I'll, to see how it's all going to come together, right? And it always is because you, you never know. Um, Forbidden Door is one of those where everything has to kind of you know work its little magic. People don't can't get hurt on the way. Things along those lines. So yeah. you know, in that scenario, you you can't really predict for that or plan for that. Better choice of words. Just for storyline purposes, selfishly, I want to see. David Finley versus Jay White because, you know, obviously David Finley got my boy basically the boot or didn't give him the boot, but he basically shillelaghed ass on the way out of the door once he lost to Eddie Kingston. So, you know, I'm always a guy that wants to see the receipt match. This would be a, a pretty good receipt match. Now, if you can bring in, I don't know, Clark Connors, I guess, would be a guess, or, or Kenta, Something along those lines. If you want to make a tag match of it, so be it. But for me, I think the bare minimum you you got to have David Finley versus Jay White. Yeah, I mean, I just think with as much talk on both sides, there's smoke here for sure, and it, mm -hmm. it almost makes too much sense. But again, just you know, I still probably would have rather seen Jay White in WWE, but I. <laughs> I'm fine with this. And it's a way to keep him attached to New Japan. So. Ultimately, yeah. So yeah. If, if if I gotta do it, I agree with you. I think that especially with Hunter in charge, I think he would have been better served, but it keeps him floating around in New Japan. So if he, if he can bring him back at some point, 
perfect. If you can't, so be it. But at least there is a chance, like your boy said in Dumber Dumber, and that's all I can <laughs> ask for at that point. Um, didn't well, one of the low parts, I guess, and I, I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this shit out loud, but it, to me, it was a low part of this card: Hiromu and Naido versus Sonata and Kanemaru. Uh, Kanemaru Sonata won. Not saying that was the low part; I just didn't necessarily like the match. I gave it three and a quarter. Talked about yeah. Eddie Edwards, uh, Kushida, Kevin Knight, uh, Gabriel Kidd, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Volador Jr. defeat uh, Leo Rush, Chucky e. T, Romero. Uh, Rocky Romero, Clark Connors, DKC kind of touched on that undershow card. TMDK, that would be um, Shane Hayes and Bad Dude Tito beats West Coast Wrecking Crew. Um, a little disappointed in that, uh, but neither here nor there. Uh, that really covers the 15th, the 16th uh, in Philadelphia. Not Nothing too much to talk about, just for the, the two big matches, the last two matches. Uh, Fred Rosser versus Lance Archer in fourteen twenty two. Lance Archer goes on to the finals, so he'll be facing the winner of Tanahashi and Will Ospreay here in a little bit. And then Leo Rush and Ishii challenge Aussie Open for the New Japan Strong Tag Team Title. So this is Aussie Open's first defense after winning it the night before. Pfft, like I said, best tag team in the, in the world right now. I don't give a fuck what anybody yeah. else says. They uh, yeah. defeat uh, Leo Rush and Ishii in 2018. Uh, Ishii refusing to tag in from Leo Rush, I thought it was where the match for me really turned because it forced Leo Rush to kind of fight his way out of this. I just naturally assume, you know, when your opponent, when your opponent, when your partner's in trouble, you just tag in. Ishii was like, nah, brother, you're going to have to fight your way out of this. And, and Leo Rush did not back down from the challenge. I thought it was one of his best performances in New Japan, whether it be strong or New Japan proper. I gave that, what, four and a quarter stars. I gave the Lance Archer, uh, Fred Rosser match three and a quarter. Or three and three yeah, quarters, I, I'm sorry. I told you before this, this with all this wrestling, this is a show I just didn't get to other than the main event. And I went four and a half. And I agree, that was awesome. And yeah, I just thought Leo and Ishii, once they started clicking after that, was such a unique pairing. Like Kind of like you were kind of hinting at with Clark and Ishimori, but even more drastic mm -hmm. of a difference here. Again, even though Ishii, not as big as he seems, completely different wrestler than Leo, and I thought they worked so well together in what was kind of a random pairing because what was, Tanahashi got hurt the night before and TJP had traveled. Like, it was supposed to be a six-man right. that they turned into a title match, and for 24 hours' notice, I thought, and again, credit to Aussie Open as well. I can't go without saying how fucking great they are. Uh, but yeah, this match just clicked for me. Um, it was uh, just a ton of fun. And again, no way Ishii and Leo were going to win, but they sure made you believe a couple times. And yeah, just high marks all around. This was a uh, good, good fun. Yeah, for the makeshift tag team, Leo and Ishii, want, they make me want to see them together somewhere down the line. Obviously, sure. they're a, a heavy and a junior, so you know you really can't be, def you know, challenging for titles per se. In this case, they can. It's an open weight title, so that makes sense. No problem there. Um, 
I would do ultimately, like, like I said, I would love to see them in a tag team situation somewhere else down the line. But neither here nor there. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a really good use of the two guys there. Um, Philadelphia's card, nothing really too much to talk about. Alex Coughlin beats Tracy Williams and then challenges Shibata for the ROH championship. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with these LA Dojo boys just challenging Shibata. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, are you that much of a rush to get tied up i just don't get it the la dojo boys just out here wow and shibata need to get these boys straight uh car counters uh beats the the dkc in this first heel match nothing special there um philadelphia card nothing i'll just cut to the chase you're not missing anything unless you really want to watch someone in particular orange cassidy gabriel kid uh yeah 32 uh it was okay um yeah. I, I like Gabriel that was, Kidd. That was one I was intrigued about just because, you know, it's an interesting matchup. No, it's just I like Gabriel Kidd. I thought I always thought he was one of the young guys that kind of went underneath the uh, the radar, so to speak. But since he's come back from, you know, taking his mental hiatus, I thought he's looked really good in uh, the both shows that he was in, the 15th and the 16th. Um, yeah. Outside of that, Team, team Filthy. TMDK, I thought it was really good. Sixteen thirty-two, <clears throat> Team Filthy wins. Um, yeah, outside of that, you, I don't think you really missed anything else. So, you, like I said, if you want to go back watch it, if not, I don't think there is anything too noteworthy that needs to be discussed. Looking ahead, though, there are matches that are coming up to discuss. Obviously, the big match at the end of I guess this is the Wrestling Dantaku, um tour you will have sonata versus hiromu before that you'll have hiromu versus kanamaru for the junior heavyweight title i believe uh catch 22 versus kushida and kevin knight for the junior tag titles i think there's one more title match i'm missing i can't think of what it is off the top of my head there's the six the six the six man it's strong style against Okada, Ishii, and a mystery partner. Okay. I wasn't sure how far we got along with that. That's that would be fine too. Renderita. <laughs> you writing a check, my brother. You writing that check. Talking that shit. You better win, <laughs> motherfucker. That's all I'm gonna say. Um I, th- I don't think Aussie Aussie Open, yeah, that's the one I'm missing. Aussie Open to have speak of the devil. DMDK. They have a, T- a DMDK title shot that's gonna be what I would consider TMDK proper, as in Mikey Nichols and Shane Hayes. They have the actual win over Aussie Open from World Tag League. So this is their best, you know, the the rematch, or the I shouldn't say the rematch, the title shot that they give when you beat the champs, especially in Japanese promotions, 99% of the time, you're probably getting a, a title shot afterwards. So this is their title shot. So that's something else to look forward to. Um, Naito and... Uh, the Doki as a personal notes I believe that's uh, Thursday <laughs> If you hear a weird Scream in the middle of the night That's probably me screaming that Naito's lost to Doki but we're not going to Put that out there we're going to think positive Thoughts Naito's going to win You know he's going you know to put him in that too I'm just going to be like Please God don't tap out Please God don't tap out <laughs> Um, anything else from the New Japan side that you want to talk about that I, I possibly missed? Actually, yes. Something that we, I believe, was out before our last recording that we let slip by, but I'm sure you've seen, even though we haven't talked 
about it. The All Together show mm. that was announced with New Japan, yeah, All I, Japan, and I, Noah. For I saved it on June my phone. 9th, June 9th is the first time it's happened since 2011. And, I mean, this just is furthering all this collaboration that we've been talking about since the the Kate or the Noah's first show on the first and then the Keiji Muto retirement having the continued partnership with Noah and New Japan so have no idea what this card is going to look like but it's exciting and uh, I think it's very cool and uh, yeah that's that no definitely intriguing um it's going to be interesting to see which promotion gets uh top billing, I guess, for a lack of a better term. I know the New the Japan. Sh- I would assume so. It's <laughs> like they win every they won every big match against Noah. Yeah, they will, but it's fine. That's it's gonna be great. Shit. That's funny shit. Yeah, you you you, you know we gotta win this shit. Rocky's winning uh, this one again. You know that, right? Um it, it, just for the fact that you have All Japan now being the third promotion in, and we've kind of touched our toe in All Japan a couple of times. So in, in this scenario, I, w- I would be very curious to see who they bring in, what what matches you can kind of create out of this. I think the uh, Miyahara, um, Masa Kiyomita, kind of few that they have going on. I can easily see that being a part of that show. If you just kind of fantasy booking and you can go from there, but or, or Kento and Nakajima too, which we saw heavily in that match where they faced off against each other. No doubt. But yeah. He's had a little more direct interaction with Kitamiya recently, but, and then as we've talked about, all three of those guys came up in Kensuke office diamond rings. So there's plenty of history there. I'm guessing we probably won't see too, too many singles matches, you know, like no. the Wrestle Kingdom with New Japan and Noah last year was all multi-man tags. I would so, again, I would you assume it would be the same way here. Yeah, you got to start somewhere here. Maybe we'll get a singles match or two. Uh, but, again, it's just exciting and uh, great that these companies are able to work together. Yeah, for sure. And we, obviously, we will be talking about that when the time arises because – it's one of the dreams of the dreams of mine, uh, having everybody playing in the sandbox together and, and having all different types of wrestlers from different types of promotions coming together as one for my fucking entertainment. Next up, we're going <laughs> to... Ch- well, sorry, well, our entertainment. I'm sorry. I'm, I should be, it shouldn't be like that. It should, it's for our entertainment. We're going to go to TJPW to start to close up the show. Uh, this is somebody that I thought... I wasn't sure who I wanted to play as the the theme song for TJPW, but I figured Rika would be a good person to go with. I thought her match at, uh, make sure I'm saying this correctly, Stand Alone was one of the better matches, arguably the best match. And she's a... She's a, a triple crown winner. She's won the International Princess the Princess Championship. Obviously, she's won the tag team titles as well and the Princess of Princess title. So, triple crown winner. I'm going Rika Tatsumi as the theme song for TJPW. Neither here nor there. Let's talk a little TJPW. Not a lot to talk about, but we'll talk about a certain matches here and there. Let's just talk about the one and only Rika Tatsumi. She did defend her international princess of princess title versus Verk Dixon. I've seen Verk Dixon 
about a handful of times on AEW, but not enough to really speak on her intelligently. Wasn't sure what we were going to get. I thought we got a pretty good match. Not great. I gave it three and three and three quarter stars. What say you, sir? Yeah, three and a half for me. Good rock solid, you know, what, ten and a half minutes or so. Wasn't anything too long. Ten fifty. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, Vert Vixen looked good. I'm I know one match she got squashed by Jade. I remember from that, you know, I haven't seen too much of her. But yeah, I thought, you know, her, like Billy Starks, like Janai Kai, you know, have made the most of the these foreign wrestlers making the most of the opportunities they're getting. I did kind of get a kick out. I don't know if you noticed after the match, Vert Vixen was really, and I, she, I think she was doing the right thing, but she was overdoing like the bowing and all that. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, Seemed like she was doing it too much, and Rika's like, "Okay, yeah, I get yeah, the victory. Okay, yeah, so we're good. <laughs> and I got to do my victory lap now. Get the fuck out of my ring. All right, yeah. appreciate you. Appreciate but, uh, you. Good, good stuff. And yeah, Rika, Rika's just fucking great. She's uh, definitely becoming one of my favorites in uh, TJPW. Suzumi yeah. comes out post match for the next challenge. That's, That's going to be, be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Suzumi is one of the up and coming stars of TJPW. I don't think she's more than twenty twenty one. If if even that, she might even be younger than that. I'm just not on hundred percent sure. Either way. Uh, this is maybe her first, second year as a professional wrestler, so it'll be interesting to see how the young gun goes after the Triple Crown winner of TJPW. Uh, let's go backwards one match. Um, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm laughing because I usually, oh. once again, I usually do not like matches like this, but God damn it. Palm just Palm and gets, Max. Yeah, yeah, they got me, awesome. man. They got me. <laughs> Palm and Max the Impaler versus Yuka Sakazaki and Matahiro Kairu. Uh twelve thirty six bell to bell. Palm and Max the Impaler win the match. So I didn't know that <laughs> apparently Max had I guess kidnapped Palm in some form or fashion and basically <laughs> made her to be the partner for her for this card. So I'm I'm watching the you know the the pre-show uh, vignette or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't know either, but I was on board for it. And it worked like a charm. It does because Palm is Palm plays the scaredy cat role so great. Max is obviously, <laughs> you know, this scary fucking figure and it, I didn't think it would work for me because I usually just don't, like I said, don't like comedy too much. This shit worked. I mean, between that and Hyper Masato, and I'm, I'm, I'm oh, just yeah. a huge Hyper Masato model. That, that's just what it is, what it is. I thought this was probably the funniest part of the whole fucking show because it was, you knew they couldn't oh, get yeah. along, but they they were getting along and they were working together. They magically win this matchup. Like, God, I'm literally shaking my head watching this whole thing. Like, God damn, this is just too fucking funny. Really good. Gave it three fun and a little half. Post, fun little post-match. Fun little post-match interaction as well. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I was 375. I thought this was a blast. No, um, it, it was yeah, way just, better than I thought it was going to be. Way better. Yeah, just as intriguing of a pairing as you could get and Palm really kind of winning the respect of Max, you know, when it was all said and done. So, and Yuka and Mayu on the other side, obviously very solid uh, foils for them, but uh, intriguing to see if this continues at all. Cause I'm game for it. I 
think they do. As a matter of fact, it does. I saw this on their Twitter uh, Twitter feed this afternoon. They're going to be the the first, I believe. Yeah, because they just. Yuka Are they and, challenging for the tag titles? Yuka and Mizuki obviously won it from yeah. uh, Yamashita and Makiido over here in the States. So this is going to be their first title defense. It's that going to be against Palm and Max the Impaler. That's just. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that's going to be the shit. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be awesome. I am <laughs> totally cool. down for that shit. I cannot wait. Um, in the main events, uh, now Kakuta versus Mizuki. Mizuki, 1545, bell to bell. Mizuki retains. I thought this was the match of the night easily. I gave yeah. it four and a quarter yeah. stars. Uh, Mizuki kind of reminds me of, and this is before I thought I saw Tam this afternoon. She kind of reminds me of Tam a lot, just in a, a much smaller, uh, just skinnier package. But as you can't sleep on Tam, obviously, you can't sleep on Mizuki at this point. The, what you see is not what you get. I thought she slugged it out with Kakuta like nobody's business. I'm really looking forward to seeing a Mizuki title run for hopefully like six months to really get me to be invested in Mizuki. I think obviously she's one of the the five or six top women in the promotion. All the others I pretty much like. She's the one that I haven't really connected with. So I'm hoping that she gets a nice little title run that makes me feel like I can invest with her moving forward. What would you think about the match? Yeah, I went four. Damn good. Uh, I hadn't seen much Kakuda, but I thought she definitely brought it too. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I agree about Mizuki. Like she's obviously great, uh, but I feel like I just haven't seen enough of her at the top, I guess, um, to really be super invested. But man, I've enjoyed everything I see from her. Yeah, she's she reminds me a lot of Riho too. Like, yeah, pretty similar size, pretty similar outfit. They're just so small, can fly around, but they're so smooth. They could still do big moves. They can still strike. So that was that comparison was actually popping in my head a good amount during this match. I can see that. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I'd love to see you I mean obviously, you know, there's the top of the card, Yuka, Maki Ito, yep. Miyu Yamashita, Yuka yep. and Rika. So like we're gonna see some of those matches, but I'm also excited to see more Kakuda types or you know, folks that I'm not as familiar oh, with. Or just having yeah, yeah, people like that, like that. I've seen more in like six man, right, and six woman tag matches and less singles matches. So, um, yeah, good, good start, good, good first defense. Did they? They didn't name a challenge. I know Yuka came out after, but she didn't challenge, did she? No, uh, I, I did not write down anyone. So I think I'm they were just like celebrating. Yeah. I kind, I turned. I turned it off, but like she came out, I think just to celebrate. So we don't know the next challenger yet, right? Ooh, did they? Just, I want to. do we? I want to say if you get it's somewhere. I did not write it down, but I saw it on the same, uh, same spot where I saw Max and Palm uh, challenging for the title. I can't see who it is off the top of my head. I think. Don't quote me on it, but I think it might be Vert Vixen. But don't quote me on that. Oh, interesting. It's it's she has a title defense coming up. Mizuki does. I just can't think of who it is off the top of my head. It, it wasn't announced at the 
the show. It was like I said, I saw it on this their Twitter page. If you're interested, just go on obviously uh Twitter find it. Like I said, it's it's out there. I just can't think of who it is off the top of my head. Um outside of that, you had some interesting little mini matches, up up girls versus Makido, uh Kamifuku, Toga and Yuihara. Uh, up up girls all four of them uh, in this case it's including uh shino suzuki so that's uh interesting in that scenario uh the non up up girls won in 13 22 i won't go over their names again uh, although the up up girls looked cool together i think that was the first time all four of them had been together and they all had like the same outfit but different color yeah. so i thought that was pretty cool and i just found it mizuki is facing sawyer wreck Okay. who is a name I've heard of. You know, I know she's like a lot of these other women, like pretty big on the indies here in the States. I don't believe I've ever seen her. So I'll be uh, very intrigued for that. But yes, yeah, Rika and Suzume on that same card. We've also got Yuki Arai's second anniversary tag match. Or is that a four-way? I uh, can't, it's a but tag it's match. It's her. Nakajima, and, Yuka versus Yuki Arai and Maki Ito. So yeah. that should be fun as well. Uh, that's May 5th. So, yeah, something to look forward to there. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Hyper Masato and Shoko Nakajima uh, face Yuki Ari and Himawari. Uh, Shoko and Hyper Masato would. It's uh, Hyper Masato. Jesus Christ. She's just. You. I'll tell you what, Yuki Arai gives me a uh, Himeka vibes. She's kind of fill, starting to fill that void for me a little bit. She's got the big fucking smile. She's there to have a good time, but she can still fucking fight. Um, and I love, like, the first show I saw was when her and Saki Akai won the tag titles. So I've kind of always had a little soft spot for old Yuki Arai. But uh, I think it recently hit just the smile, just mm-hmm. reminds me of Himeka. And, uh, I didn't yeah, think Yuki of until you said Go, go, Yuki or I. I'm a fan. Yeah, that, uh, she just needs to get some of the green off the apple. But uh, the, And I think she is. Like, it was, it was her that wrestled uh, Aja Kong, right? Yes. On the last show. Yeah, which, as we talked, was a, a nice performance from her. She had that tag title run last year. So, yeah, I think she could be kind of in that next wave with the Suzume, mm-hmm. you know, Miyu Watanabe really at the top of that list. Oh, yeah, for sure. She, well, and Maki Ito's still not won the Princess Princess Championship either. True so story, that is but I feel another name. To me, for me, Maki is to me more on the lines of like, even though she's never won the the their highest title, she's still she's so over. I mean, she's over yeah, here yeah. in the states. It's just it's ridiculous. Sure. You know, she's she feels a like a big time star. Miyu Watanabe, right. Suzume, you know, the, all the folks we were, Hikari Noah, et cetera. Um, but yeah, big things coming up here. For sure. Um, I don't think uh, you, you touched on what's coming up. Um, Princess uh, Princess Cup is coming up. I, I forgot to write the date down for that, but I know that's coming up. So something to look forward to. Love a good tournament. And in this scenario, it's the springboard that got Miyu Watanabe into this next upper tier level that I that we both feel that she's on. If she's not main event, she's like upper mid card, whatever you want to call it. She was she was kind of there to begin with, and then when she won, well, she didn't win the Princess uh, Cup, but she won went deep into but the cup. Man, and basically, she had some incredible performances. Princess, I mean, Yuka Sakazaki won, correct? 
Yeah, well, yes. so the semifinal, Miyu Watanabe versus Miyu Yamashita was she won incredible. That and then lost yeah, to Sakazaki. Lost to Sakazaki. I think I was four and a half on both, but that Miyu, Miyu versus Miyu match mm-hmm. was uh, something to behold for sure. And, and basically kind of put her on the map, so to speak. So oh, yeah. I misspoke on that, but ultimately you get my point. The Princess Cup feels like it could be a springboard for someone that is not at the top of the class, so to speak, to get that next big push that they all kind of need at some point. I mean, hell, Makito wasn't Makito two years ago. Shit, I didn't even know who she was. Now, all of a sudden, she's fucking everywhere. Um, let's talk about the homework assignment before we get out of here because I didn't – I didn't know this until fairly recently. I shouldn't say didn't know this, but we missed the date and my lack of knowledge of all things Bullet Club makes me not remember about the formation of said Bullet Club. So that was I was thinking about that because obviously with Jay White, David Finley. All these things with Bullet Club going around, you had to go. I was like, well, shit, when did this whole thing start? When did this, their 10th anniversary is this year? So all things Bullet Club for New Japan coming up here in a few months. I was like, well, damn, I've never actually seen where the Bullet Club actually became the quote unquote Bullet Club. So, of course, I was like, you know, this should be our homework assignment for the week. Just kind of, you know, reminisce, celebrate the Bullet Club's 10th anniversary. So I did some digging, went back to New Japan's archives and found the actual match. So you have on, what's the date? The 4th, I'm sorry, the 7th of April, 2013. You have Kushida and Alex Shelley versus uh, Taguchi and Prince Devitt. So Prince Devitt and Taguchi were, I believe he called, they called themselves Apollo 5-5 as a tag team, won the junior tag team yep. titles a bunch of times. Uh, obviously, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor, has won the junior heavyweight title. I believe it was two or three times at this point. He was basically their ace, but couldn't get past a certain level. He was stuck at the, the ceiling, I guess, of the junior heavyweight division. And this turned, I watched it today. It was the first time I watched it. And a, the match is okay. Don't get me wrong. The match is it's, it's fine. It's like three and a half stars. The, the finish of the match is uh, Taguchi is getting, gets rolled up by Kushida. It's a beautiful roll up. It's a bridge. I think it's like a O'Connor roll into a bridge. Sweet, you know, nothing to be shamed of. You know, anybody that gets rolled up like this, you know, you got to tip your hat. Prince Devin ain't happy. <laughs> he comes in and is hot and is poking on Taguchi's chest. And Taguchi's like, you know, hey, man, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't, you know, basically, you know, chill the fuck out. I didn't mean to lose the match. And Prince Devin's still not having it. So finally, uh, Kushida and Alex Shelley come over to kind of calm things down. So you have the three men in front of Prince Devin. Prince Devin kind of backs away. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm cool, man. I'm cool. No big deal. And as soon as Taguchi turns around, I'm sh- I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Prince Devin yaks with Taguchi in the back, goes into the corner. You know, now you got Kushida and Al Shelly, like, you know, cornering him. He's like, what the fuck? And he, he's got the little bullet club gun going. I'm, I'm like, okay, oh, what the yeah. fuck's going on? Bad luck, Fowey makes I'm assuming this is his first appearance in New Japan. He jumps Kushida and Alex Shelly from behind. They proceed to lay 
havoc through all three men and the Bullet Club is formed for a 17 minute match. That shit has carried for 10 goddamn years. And it's not that it's not gonna say it's not even the best match. It's the fact that I don't I've never seen Finn Bauer slash Prince Devitt as a heel until WWE. I never obviously didn't watch New Japan back then, but it was I wanted to, I was curious to see how he looked, how he acted, especially with no real constraints. I mean, if you want to curse, you can curse your ass off in New Japan. They ain't going to say too much about this shit. So, I mean, there was a couple of F-bombs he dropped. I was like, who in the fuck is this dude? I love him. I want more of this guy. So, it was, in that sense, for me, seeing it for the first time and it's still being pretty fresh in my head, I thought it was really fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. I giggled my monkey ass off when Prince Devin knocked the <laughs> Gucci down. I was like, oh, man, damn. Even to, what, 10 years late or 10 years beforehand, he's still being the mark for guys getting, you know, that's getting ready to make a fucking heel turn. Bring out the Gucci, man. He'll be easy to flip. And, it made it, and in this scenario, it makes it even more, like, for me, significant because not even seeing the Apollo uh, 55 title run, but knowing that they were that team, they won the title, you know, multiple times. I think it was like four or five. And that's the guy yep. he flips on. I'm like, oh man, this is perfect. Classic, beautiful new Japan story, right? Story written shit. I loved it. So obviously you saw this, you know, you've seen this before and we, I just obviously broke it down. Any thoughts on bullet club past, present, possible future thoughts on this match? Yeah, I did not rewatch it for this. Uh, I blew off the homework assignment, but I have seen <laughs> have it to. before. I've seen it before. It's been a bit, but just in general, heel Prince Devitt in New Japan was fucking awesome. So was babyface Prince Devitt. Like Finn Balor's great, but this is a different gear. Over obviously he's younger, and like you said, no real constraints. Um, you should go. He's had matches with Abushi that were amazing. Um, Low key was over there for a bit. Just some great shit. And yeah, like the the storyline of it too was obviously at that point just so unexpected because I think he was a pretty just. And I obviously wasn't watching at the time. I went back and watched all this, you know, twenty seventeen, eighteen, whenever. But right. he was a squeaky clean. You know, the crowd fucking loved him. So I think just it was just kind of shocking. And then I don't know if it was that show or right after, like, Tama Tonga is who's considered an OG member. And then mm -hmm. shortly after, like, Carl Anderson, I think, fell in line as well. But Sounds right. Yeah, yeah, there's just some great shit. Like, he had some matches. I think he beat Tanahashi in the G1 that year in his first match. So they – and then he lost the subsequent singles match. I know – I believe he maybe he beat Tanahashi when he was champ and then challenged him. Anywho, he'd had some big moments. Um, you know, he was only there what a year or so as the leader of Bullet Club before Sounds he right. left. Yep. Sounds Certainly right. uh set the foundation that has uh you know, only gotten more and more popular as time has gone on. Um, but yeah, a huge, huge moment and uh Maybe we should watch some Prince Devitt matches as a homework assignment because that there was one like Mara Fuji came over. I think it was like a BS BOSJ final that was just out. 
outstanding. I was just going to say BSOJ is obviously coming up. They're going to announce the the lineups on perfect Thursday. Timing. So yeah, yeah, it's a perfect time to to figure out one, if not a second one, that you, if you think is uh, worthy. The Ricochet Will Ospreay match oh, is, yeah. is one that I, I personally have never seen, but I've seen the the spot that everybody it's says. You know, yeah, there's like you know if you if you love spots like that then you know what i'm talking about if people don't love spots like that they may show that spot because they so you know it's just a bunch of flips you know who likes a bunch of flips so in that scenario everybody i'm sure has seen the spot um i haven't seen that match so ultimately whichever one you want to throw our way for the homework assignment next week or not next week what this is not bam <laughs> for the next episode i'll be okay with that and obviously we can discuss that off the air um I think I've covered it all. Did we cover it? Yeah, it's been a loaded one here, baby. Okay, so let's just kind of circle a possible, you know, date for the next time we were talking about it off air. Uh, we were saying that Sonata and Hiromu is right around the front part of May. Which I think we said the yeah, fourth. It seems like somewhere around fourth, fifth, like right around there, it's all. That, the Taku, we've got this Noah show that goes returning to the TJPW show right around then. I'm not sure what's next for stardom. Oh, actually, yeah, I don't know what's next for stardom. But uh, we've got Mercedes Monet in the U.S. in mid-May, which uh, could be very interesting. Indeed, my um, brother, indeed. That's but yeah, I think... I think we'll have some uh, pretty good shows to talk about here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so I would say look for a couple of weeks from now, probably around that first or second week of May, depending on our schedules. We will be recording the next episode of the Phoenix Flash Podcast. But on that lovely note, we shall bid you all adieu for the big, sexy Brett Jager. I am your humble host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. Plenty of wrestling to go out there and check out. If you haven't seen any of this, if you're interested in it, this is a good time to do it because there's great wrestling out there now. More great wrestling coming on board. It's a good chance to get on board. Take a flight with the Phoenix Splash podcast for the next time around. So like I said, on that note, we know we shall bid you all adieu. We will see you for the next episode. Kazani Nare, all that good shit. Brett, say goodbye to the folks. I still can't believe Julia lost. <laughs> <laughs>